This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. So enjoy the features you'll find there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight here for this live Sunday edition, it's Ian. And Stephanie. We're All the right. unlikely duo. Yes. I almost never is, do shows together. This is very unusual. And, uh, well, I've always enjoyed doing shows with you, Stephanie. Yeah, just, me too. Just kind of like the roll of the dice way. doesn't happen too often. Well, but. normally it's Mark uh, who's here with you on Sunday nights, but we had to do a little uh, switching this weekend because I decided on a whim, basically, to uh, take a vacation for a couple of days down uh, in Florida, which is where I grew up and uh, I went down there and got to see you know the folks and some old friends and my old dog and so you know it was when's fun. the last time you had a vacation Ian um I went to jail for a couple of months <laughs> last <doesn't> year <laughs> fun vacation I, I counted a it voluntary as a vacation, vacation. <laughs> um you know I did take one recently not too recently I know I've, I've been to Toronto within the last five years mm-hmm. and uh I'm, I know I'm think I'm missing something. Like uh-huh. I feel like I've taken another vacation, but Five my whole life's a, a vacation, <laughs> so uh, it's okay. Like what I do for work, I love to do, so I don't really feel the need to get away from it mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And I hey, think that's I what, totally admire that. I yeah. wish I would like to aspire to that myself. So I, I think that's what a lot of people are looking to do when they want to take a vacation is to get away from you know the daily grind, what they perceive of something that is. Not something that they enjoy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I like what, uh, what's his name? Tim uh, Ferris says in the four hour work week, this very famous book. It's a New York Times bestseller. You know, mm-hmm. he says most people are on the deferred life plan. And I really like that phrase because it's so true. Meaning we'll get to life later. Got to yeah, do this gotta retire, first. Got to retire. Got to save up a certain yeah. amount of money. Got to do this and that, buy a house. And by the time you get around to it, you're 65 and then maybe you can retire, but it's like, unlikely in this economy. It's that's a tricky, you know, subject because uh you do have to work, right? In order to have a life. Well, you have to you, support yourself. Right. You don't necessarily have to make money by doing something you hate. I think that's, that's the point. That's true. And it is important to love what you do, I think. I do but, too. But uh you know, the deferred life idea that what he's talking about there and I haven't read the book, but just based on what you've told me, uh obviously there's a lot of stuff I'd like to do, but I just to have business to attend to. And so I can't spend my time on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, if I spend more time on the things I'd like to do, my business suffers. So mm-hmm. there's a trade off, right? Like, uh, I have, like, just this weekend, I just had to kind of let go. And because I can normally talk myself out of doing things like taking a vacation mm-hmm. because I've always got so much to do. I mean, when you run your own business, there's never, never a shortage of, uh, of anything. It's not like a I'm job pretty sure you punch I've in and punch woken out. you up at 11 p.m. to do archive, having a question about that or something. And yet you really are kind of on call all the time. Sure. And I felt really bad when I had to do that. But yeah, it's like there's no one else to go to, you know. Right. You're, I was down there in and the driver's seat. something went wrong with the uh, LRN.FM feed and I had to pull up my laptop and, you mm-hmm. know, get on my phone and tether my phone to the laptop and you know fix something remotely from from sarasota florida so yeah you're always on the job when when you're doing business and so it's always easy to kind of blow off the idea of a a schedule change like you know i could have decided to not go on this very this vacation very easily Mm -hmm. the tickets were very expensive because i bought them with short notice Mm. so i could have blown it off for that reason uh and sometimes you can get cheaper tickets if you wait till the last minute but they're often a lot of last minute i bought it the day before Uh, maybe that's not that last minute (laughs) but uh that's pretty last minute quite a bit for these tickets and I have a feeling that might have contributed to why I had trouble with security, which I can get to in a moment. I'm curious about but, that, because every uh, time you travel to so 
associated with the TSA and usually not a very good experience. Right. Typically, I do a fairly good job at you know getting through TSA. But anyway, okay, I can get to that in a moment. Um, but let's see. I could have also justified it because I've always got to be on the air. You know, I'm on the air six days, six nights a week, and. Uh, thankfully, we've got such a great uh, group of co-hosts on this program that uh, I'm more comfortable now with leaving, you know, than I would have been, say, a couple of years ago. So sure, yeah, that's I, a good thing. I literally made the decision Thursday night, uh, or I guess early Thursday, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So like one in the morning on Thursday, a friend of mine called from down south, and uh, kind of he kind of persuaded me to consider seriously consider coming down and i figured ah you know haven't been down in six years see what florida looks like now i mean wow. you know see the family and see some old friends and it, it was a good time so i'm glad i uh, glad i went and did it but so how about it. sort of a personal question i'm just curious yeah. about this um you know i moved to new hampshire around the same time you did about six years ago that's right and i noticed like i would go back to massachusetts which is where i came from before that yeah and i'd visit and i'd see old friends quote unquote but it was just like you don't have that much in common and you realize that you know a lot of people choose uh the the people that are their co-workers or the people they happen to be with they Mm -hmm. become their friends right right friends by default sort of yeah Yeah. exactly they're not exact they're not like gravitating towards the people that they have a lot of things in common with or that they share values or interests but here in new hampshire i find that it's very different because there are so many people around to choose from who do share a lot of values in common and a lot of interests. And so I can have my pick of the litter essentially of great friends, you know, it's true. But when I went back to my sort of hometown, it's like, uh, you really don't have much in common except that you grew up together and that's kind of disheartening, I guess. So did you find that that was the case or did you really I still own. have those connections there? Hmm. Well, I met up with a friend of mine who's a very close friend that we'd grown up together and we have connections because of, we had things in common growing up, so yeah. we get along very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, spent a lot of time with him, and then uh, met up with my ex girlfriend, and obviously we've got you know plenty of connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, also met up with somebody that I knew pretty well in late high school, early college years. Um, hadn't seen him in probably a decade, so that was kind of fun, you know, mm-hmm. catching up. Uh, no, so I didn't feel any awkward. But then again, I don't really have a lot of friends down there, so I really only <laughs> met up with the you know five to seven people basically in in the two days that I was there. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So yeah, I was, I was like, well, who else do I meet with? I don't know because uh-huh. I don't really have that many friends down there. Whereas yeah. up here, I've got like you said, uh, you can have as many friends as you want to. Within yes, the, the liberty your life movement. can become very full of people. Yeah, yeah I, I have a social life now, whereas before I didn't. Uh, sure. When I lived in Florida, I didn't have anything resembling a social life. Same Mostly, here. I yeah. had trouble meeting friends. I had trouble. I couldn't get a date. You know, <laughs> like mm. back down in college. You know, everybody around was a. You know, I would have said they were a Marxist or a socialist mm. or something like that. But really, living in Massachusetts, you do get that kind of flavor. I guess it it can drive people away from like the ideas of liberalism <laughs> that a lot of people who are libertarians don't like, right. because they're all over the place. You know, everybody's talking about government providing all kinds of services and how that's great and the public transportation is so awesome and yeah i can only imagine what that's like oh yeah it's (laughs) i don't have that experience at all (laughs) well actually um I did a little bit of traveling this weekend, too. I just went to Boston for the Ancestral Health Symposium. Ew, Boston. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hate. I actually hate Boston. <laughs> do you? Okay. Yeah. I, I do not enjoy uh, driving in the city. It's so confusing. You know, yeah. Government roads to their finest or, or their worst, actually. Should I they say. are pretty bad in Boston, as I understand it's it. It's extremely um, poorly labeled. You know, like it's very difficult to find anything. Thank goodness for GPS or else so, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But, so you were there for a conference? Yeah, I went to the Ancestral Health Symposium, which... which uh, 
we'll talk about in a minute. Is it that was, a, okay? Go ahead. It was about uh, you know about uh, paleo living, about right. how mod or how modern humans can sort of benefit from learning about what our ancestors did and ate, and how we can use that for optimal health. And it was actually very libertarian oriented. But walking around Harvard Square because it was at Harvard, so you know, I see the epicenter of Ivy uh, Massachusetts liberalism, right? And so walking around the streets, just the conversations that you overhear from like the Harvard students and mm-hmm. stuff, and they're all talking about how. Oh, the the Republicans are so evil, and Fox News is so partisan, and and it's like, wow, you're really missing like this whole entire side. Like they're they're the same, you know. The Republicans and the Democrats, they're they're the same thing. The Democrats are not going to save you. I mean, it's you know, I had an experience uh, with the the friend that I hadn't seen in a decade this weekend. Um, He is definitely a liberal. Like I can see his Facebook posts, so you can make judgments based on that yeah and uh, i managed to kind of cover liberty oriented ideas without really getting into politics at all so they were talking about how they didn't really like the idea of having their kids go to you know the the schools down in florida mm, sure and so i brought up the idea Who of would like that <laughs> i don't know i guess i don't know they the idea that they had suggested was that they were going to go to another state uh because you know well let's just go to where the state schools are better was their mm, idea and I so i suggested so. unschooling to them and talked about you know we talked about how the government schools are set up to dumb people down and yeah. i cited john taylor gatto and kind of went into you know very principled liberty oriented stuff without in any way breaching politics and at the very end he was like well we don't really talk about politics but what do you think about so and so i was like who <laughs> apparently it was the guy who's running for vp under mitt romney's ticket oh wow i had no idea more well, coming right up on. free talk live in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks governments or corporations but through mutual commerce between free individuals to learn more visit weusecoins.com Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Live Sunday edition of the program. There aren't too many weekday programs that have a live Sunday edition, but we do it here. In fact, we do it live seven nights a week. You can go and grab archives and more over at freetalklive.com. The archives go all the way back to late 2006. And if you click over on the left-hand side of freetalklive.com under listen and share, you'll find a link to our SoundCloud page, and that's where you can get quick access to a bunch of archives, and each one of them has a share button that you can use to easily share your favorite archive, whatever you want to share with your friends on Facebook or Twitter, maybe on your WordPress blog, wherever it is you want to put that archive, you can do it, and SoundCloud makes it easy with their share button. Uh, It actually embeds a player right into the page, uh, which is very simple and very uh, straightforward. So highly recommend that. Go to freetalklive.com and download as much as you want, all for free. Now, if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, you should go to manventureoutpost.com. They have knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. Now, manventureoutpost.com is family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. So you should visit manventureoutpost.com and use coupon code FTL. 
Because not only are you going to get a great deal at manventureoutpost.com, but with coupon code FTL, you'll get an additional 5% off. Get it quick and get it from manventureoutpost.com. Uh, Ian here tonight. And Stephanie. And we've been kind of recapping our weekend here uh, because I had an experience with the TSA. We'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, and also your phone calls at 855-450-FREE+. Plus, you had a, a conference that you had attended. But Mike's on the line listening in Kentucky Mike, you're listening to XM Satellite Radio's Extreme Talk. Hi, Ian. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Mike. Hello. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I, 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 and Stephanie, I just started listening to uh, Pork Therapy on the smartphone. Oh, thank you. Every day. I've, uh, yeah, and I've been really enjoying your show as well. Oh, but thanks. My question is about, yeah, my question is about uh, Derek J's victimless crime spree. I watched the movie last night, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, produced really well. Oh, thank you. But after... After I finished watching that movie and I was thinking about it, I, I couldn't help but thinking that Derek J. kind of got defeated, that he's, he's not there anymore. I mean, did the system beat him? Well, the system is uh, is first of all for for our listeners that don't know, you are talking about Derek Day's victimless crime spree. It's a an hour and a half long feature length documentary film uh, produced mostly of uh, original activist footage uh, shot right here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Derek Day is a former co-host of the show. Derek used to be on Tuesday nights here, and uh, he was arrested multiple times in less than a year for not hurting anybody and uh, basically being a threat to the status quo and the and the system. And uh, yeah, I mean the fact is the system is a big scary thing that is uh you know it's it's tough to take it on alone and i mean derek wasn't alone he had people backing him up and supporting him all the way but the fact is in a lot of the instances you know in all of the instances in which he was arrested there weren't mass civil disobedience uh events that were going on no he was doing a solo show most of the time he was uh, sort of yeah there was the uh, the dance party which was his second arrest his first arrest was when he was going up to the court room or the courthouse and had a video camera in the lobby he was all alone for that but at the dance party there were a bunch of people around and actually they did arrest three people there but there weren't uh enough people doing civil disobedience at once to really uh, dissuade the police from well, was from it taking even action. civil disobedience or like a lot of these times i thought he really wasn't expecting to be uh arrested that it's day true. yeah i know? think the only time he expected to be arrested was when he was smoking cannabis out in the the park mm-hmm and or when he attempted to smoke cannabis he never actually got to it because the cops took the pot from him before he uh, got to smoke it but uh so in the case of the dance party he was just intending to throw a peaceful and quiet dance party and was pretty surprised when the cops showed up and was arrested when he tried to protect my equipment which he was utilizing for the party from being confiscated by the police so got arrested for so-called obstructing justice in that particular case and you know he ended up getting into uh he got into deeper water than i think he expected and I think that uh, maybe he didn't realize the consequences fully of uh, stacking charges. And if you've never gotten into those situations before, and if you haven't paid close attention to what others have done, then it can be pretty easy to all of a sudden find yourself in the deep end of the pool and, you know, you don't have your floaties on, so you're <laughs> going to be in trouble. I have to say, though, you know, he was here in New Hampshire for a little while before. He's back here, actually, this weekend. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. for a demos. He's uh, going to be at a demos okay. trial tomorrow. Well, I heard an interview with him or I heard him, you know, co-hosting Free Talk Live. And I have to say that even after all of this had happened, after he had served a bunch of time in jail, he his spirit did not sound crushed at all. You know, he did no. not sound like a defeated person. He sounded happy and exuberant. And Absolutely. Derek J. has not had been no regrets mentally. at all. Yeah. Like he he lived free. He felt good about that. I think that he may. I think if he does have a regret 
Uh, yeah, if you watch the film, he does kind of t- point out that he doesn't want to take the plea deal. I mean, he's mm. talked about how he's promoted not taking plea deals, and yet there he is taking the plea deal. That's so a that was choice. a real that was a real sad moment in the film. That mm. was that moment of defeat, and it is definitely you know there's a lot of real up moments in the movie, a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I, I would say you're right. He he was defeated, and uh, just as many of us have been uh, as we've gone along on this path, this journey toward more freedom. Uh, but he certainly hasn't been quote corrected, you know, as he hasn't far been corrected. as the correctional facilities and, go. <laughs> you know, it also pays to take the long view, uh, which you know, when I went to jail last year, Mike, I don't know how long you haven't been listening to the show for uh, what for more than a, several months. I've uh, yeah, about six months I have every night. So I went to uh, to jail last year for a couple of months as well, and I had a similar situation in 2010 where I was arrested three or four times in, in one year and uh, you know kind of stacked a few things up as well. I did not uh, take the plea deal in, in my case. I didn't have as many charges against me. I didn't have the same you know in, intense of a situation that I was dealing with where Derek was facing you know potentially nine years in, in prison. I didn't have that mm. same uh, amount hanging over my head. But you know, a lot of people asked me when I was in jail, and I imagine Derek probably got this too. Uh, like when they would write me in jail, they would ask, "Well, was it worth it?" You know, there you are in jail, you're away from your show, and you're away from you know doing things that you love. Was it worth it? And I wrote a really lengthy essay about it. I, I blogged several times from jail, and you can go to freekeen.com, look for search for blog from jail or something like that. Ian's blog from jail, and you'll find them. Uh, but uh, one of them was all about whether or not it was worth it. And for me, it absolutely was uh, because I had made the decision to stand on my principle, and I went to jail because I stood in front of a police car in protest of them arresting a peaceful young lady for having an open container in the park. And I had made the, you know, the commitment to myself that the next time I saw somebody being aggressed against who was peaceful, Mm -hmm. that I was going to stand in front of a police car. So, like, I had planned this. I didn't know when I was going to execute my plan. It was just, next time I see this happen, that's how I'm going to respond. Yeah, and and fundamentally, that's integrity, right? It's having your thoughts and beliefs and actions all line up with each other. But nobody else would have known. It was just an integrity thing with myself. Yeah, but that's who it matters to, right? (laughs) That's right. That is who it mattered to. You know, on one hand, it sucks that people were, were stuck having to do things they didn't otherwise plan to do like mark had to you know really kind of learn how to host the show and and all that so on he did one hand great though he, he did. really rose to the challenge yeah. uh, and i think that it was a good thing ultimately for for him to do that but you know it was kind of he was thrown to the wolves basically <laughs> you know i'm sorry yeah, about that true. but for me it was something i had to do and i did it and i stood my ground and and you know i lost in that i didn't win the court case but i won from the perspective that you know, I did a civil disobedience and it got attention and people, you know, were interested in it and it it, uh, it inspired people to move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later. And some of those things are unseen, too, so you don't know right. who you inspired. You can't categorize all of it. And I know Derek J is the same way. And I know you, all you had a chance to do was ask the question. So hang on, Mike. We'll bring you back here in a moment. 855-453-free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And now look how many thousands of people have watched Derek J's victimless crime spree. And how many people is that going to inspire? 855-450-FREE. So was it a win? It's up to you. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Head over and enjoy the features you'll find there are completely free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you are a lady listener, you can get details there on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about Derek J's victimless crime spree because Mike called in. He's still on the line. We're going to get right back to him here in a moment. But it's important to point out the reason why Derek J came to New Hampshire In the first place, the reason why he ended up on this radio program, the reason why the uh, Victimless Crime Spree movie was possible in the first place, and if you haven't seen it yet, please go to VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. You can watch it there in uh, HD for free on YouTube, the whole thing. Uh, But the reason why it's all possible is because of the Free State Project. Because... And the reason why you and I are here tonight, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. the reason why we know each other is because of the Free State Project. Because like-minded people, people who love the ideas of liberty are getting together, and they're doing something about it. Whether that's creating media like we're doing here tonight, whether it's doing civil disobedience like Derek and myself and others have done, whether it's doing politics like many have uh, have been involved in. I'm currently running for state rep uh, here in Keene. Whether it's doing outreach, street theater. I mean, you name it. There's so much that can be done when you have the numbers, when you have the people who are willing to actually stand up and do something. So go to freestateproject.org if you love the ideas of liberty and you're willing to do something about it. Once again, freestateproject.org. Not everybody has to take the same level of risk that somebody like Derek J has done. You know, Most some, people don't, actually. No, there are over a the thousand people who not. moved to New Hampshire. And a lot of them are sort of playing a support role. But I would have to say that I, I'm going to go out on a limb maybe a little bit, but I would guarantee that if you move to New Hampshire, you're going to be freer. You're going to experience more freedom, not just in a political sense, but when you count the idea that there are lots of people here who you can connect with and network with, your life will be enriched by many people who share your values, mm. and you will be freer than where you are now. I, I guarantee it. There's a couple you know, real tangible ones. You could, uh, as soon as you cross the border of New Hampshire, unbuckle oh, your seatbelt, seat uh, take your helmet off. Uh, you could. <laughs> I, I have to admit that the freedom to not wear a seatbelt isn't really a freedom that I, I'm, I'm too like wacky about. Like I wear a seatbelt because I think it's a good idea. But I'm really happy that that's not, you know, a criminal behavior if I decide to take it off and a cop can't stop me to see if I'm wearing a seatbelt. That's true. And also, uh, I, you know, I, I went down to Florida for the past couple of days and it's a primary offense down there. If you oh, wow. don't have a seatbelt on or they say you don't have a seatbelt on, they can pull you over. Yeah. And uh, every time I got in someone's car, I was like, God darn it, you know, because they'd start their car and I'd be driving. And I'd, oh, sorry. And, you know, I'd pull my seatbelt on and put it on because I'm used to if I'm in the city of Keene, you know, speed limits, 30 miles an hour. I don't really care that much mm. about wearing the seatbelt. Yeah, actually, the city. people say that if you're going at slow speeds, it's actually disadvantageous to wear a seatbelt yeah. because the shoulder belt adds a rotational component and it can mess up your back. But uh, yeah, it's almost like a mental slavery, you know, when you're worried about like, oh, am I going to be breaking the law? I have, well, to, right. put on, have to worry I about I was worried about my friends because yeah. I knew that if I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, they could get pulled over down there. Yeah. And luckily, you know, there's that beeping noise, right, that is so annoying to me here in <laughs> New Hampshire that I actually had disconnected in my car uh, where, if you you know, there's the seat sensors and they know if someone's sitting there and it beeps at you. So thankfully that was there for me in Florida so I could not put my friends at risk because my habit is to not necessarily put on a seatbelt. But anyway, Mike is back with us here listening. Uh, in Kentucky on the road to XM on Extreme Talk. And Mike, uh, you'd asked the question about Derek J's victimless crime spree. 
and to whether or not it was uh, you know like a win or a lose uh, for for him versus the state. And we just kind of talked for a while, and I wanted to make sure you had a chance to respond and get your thoughts out. Yeah, I think that uh, the the scene in the gazebo where he protected the equipment that was a very powerful scene. And I think what inspired me most about the movie overall was the conviction people had to risk arrest and not back down, just you know, to stand for what was right. And I think that that's the solidarity is a huge a huge part of it. And I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the, what's going on in New Hampshire. I mean, we only get one life, you know? Well, there you go. Yes. So from, from what you just told me, it's a win, right? Because even though Derek didn't win in court, and you never do. I mean, you hardly ever win in court. Even You're going to lose your time at least. Right. Even though he didn't win in court, he's winning hearts and minds. And, yeah. of course, you could make the argument that some people are, uh, you know, they don't like civil disobedience, so he's not winning their hearts and minds because they don't like – there are some people who are going to watch that movie and they'll be upset. But ultimately, if you look at the likes that the, the film has, it's doing very, very well. Last time I looked, there were literally a dozen dislikes and hundreds of likes. Um, how could you not like Derek J? How could, he's so he's, charismatic. He's great. I, that's, why, that's why I thought the movie had to be made because he's such a great he's character. He's a star. <laughs> he absolutely is talent all through and through. That's why he was great on the air and he He's great as the subject of a film. But, uh, you know, the more people that can see this, the better. They're going to see what's happening. And, and I'm glad you pointed out that it was more than one person in the film, Mike, because that's one of the other things I liked about Derek J's movie is that in order to tell Derek J's story, you have to tell portions of other people's stories, like a demo being arrested for asking a judge some questions as he was walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and uh, Kelly Voluntarius being arrested in the courthouse along with Derek uh, when he was arrested at the courthouse. Uh, yeah, you, know, you caught that. You caught the when a demo, a demo filmed the judge, and when the judge opened the door and he said, told the bailiff that his, he was threatened with violence. Or what a lie! He was caught in a lie and exposed. Yes. He was exposed right there. And nothing has happened to that judge as a result of that. Nothing. Oh, wow. And it's not for lack of trying. Haven't people tried to file judicial complaints about him or something like that? There have been complaints. I don't know if the Judicial Complaint Committee has been alerted to this one. I think it had. I, you know, yeah, I don't know all who all everybody's who, done. Who work with him and they're all on the same team. Yeah, so they absolutely. don't have much of an incentive to uh, take any action against him. Right. I mean, it's clear that he did something wrong in that particular case, but nothing is uh, ever done to these people. And uh, so, you know, it's important to show this. And Derek J's victimless crime spree really puts it out there like, look, these these government guys are out of control. They do whatever the hell it is they want to do and they get away with it. Uh, and the yes, only thing do. that's ever going to stop it is if people who care get together. And so we're so early on in this whole process of doing activism and, and you know, working towards the Free State Project. Uh, we're so early on. It's still going to be st- – some people are still going to go into jail cells as we go along on this process. I'm facing a court trial in September, looking at another 10 months in jail myself uh, for that, z- that same uh, arrest that Derek J. was arrested for when he was at the courthouse. That time I was arrested, that's what I'm facing trial for next. Oh, wow. So, you know, I could be in jail for another six months on good time if I get good time. I could be in for six uh, but, uh, you know, so that's all. There's always something going on, and there's always so many things for people to do here, and we still don't have a, near enough people. We've got to have thousands more people here in order to really have a, a serious effect. And we're having an effect now, and I think it's a positive effect, but the more people we can get here, 
the sooner, the but better. Even just something like shining light on what's going on, sharing these things. I know people right. say, well, Facebook isn't activism, but you can do a small part by just letting your friends know about this movie. Great. That's an easy thing to do. I mean, obviously, you can yeah. share Free Talk Live. You can share Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree because some people are going to like Free Talk Live because it's talk radio and some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to love Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree because they might be into documentaries or they'll just think it's fun. Uh, so, And the more of the, these media tools, I guess, that we can create for people, the better off we are, the more people we're going to uh, to reach. I was getting off the airplane today and I took my philosophy of liberty trifold and stuck it in the first page of the Sky Mall, or not Sky Mall, but oh, the, nice. whatever the, uh, the magazine is that uh, <laughs> Southwest has there. So somebody's going to open that magazine up and whoop, out's going to fall the, uh, the philosophy Watch of liberty Watch it'll flag. be a military or cop or something. Who, who knows? Mike, <laughs> any other comments you want to make tonight? Um, no, that's it. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you making it. 855-450-FREE. So once again, Derek J's victimless crime spree, it's, it was all possible because of the terrible things they did, right? Because we're going to send uh, invitations to the Keene Police Department. Invitations to watch it? We're, yeah, we're actually oh, cool. going to have a, wow. a, a premiere. <laughs> like a real life premiere, like a movie wow, premiere, I yeah, see, you know, yeah. roll out the red carpet, that kind of thing. I don't think we're actually going to have a red carpet, but we are going to have a, a real life premiere. And That's I great. thought it would be totally appropriate to send invitations to the Keene Police Department, specifically the officers who were involved in uh, appearing in the film. Yeah. Uh, the ones who were pressing freedom and uh, send them an invitation. Derek J is already uh, committed to writing the invitation up. Well, and we'll talk about looking in the mirror. I mean, seeing themselves on film, you know, that could be a powerful incentive well to reconsider. Could. And I think it's important to remind them that uh, it was all made possible because of them. And we couldn't have done it without them. 855-450-FREE is CAI toll-free line. We would have no feature-length documentary were it not for their outrageous behavior. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we will share with you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to, you may support the show by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there, which will allow you to buy pretty much whatever you're looking for and get it delivered right to your door. And Free Talk Live will get a cut of the purchase price. So you can go to shop.freetalklive.com. Once again, shop.freetalklive.com. Just click on the Amazon that's right for you. We've got Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and Amazon US. I actually do this often. I know you you. can see what people buy, Ian, but you can't see who buys it. Correct. Yeah, so you can guess as to which items are. Honestly, I haven't looked at that in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But there's usually, when I did look at it, it was quite an interesting variety of things Mm because people can buy almost anything through Amazon. So shop.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Uh, once again, our number here is 855-450-FREE. So any uh, further comments on Derek J and the, the movie and whether or not it was a win? I think we hit the high points. And if people 
heard what we just talked about and aren't interested in seeing it, I don't know what else we can do because oh, it's, it's really exciting. There was one other point I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike had brought up that, you know, he's kind of defeated in the, it seems like he's defeated in the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in in court, yeah, he lost. He took the plea deal on nine charges and it was a reluctant thing. He didn't want to do it, uh, but he just got in too deep, too quick. And once you start check, stacking up charges, it makes life really difficult. Like if you go and do one instance of civil disobedience, it's a good idea to, to back off at that point because once they hit you with another charge, then you're out on more restricted bail conditions if you can get out on more restricted bail. Mm. Uh, it's hard to prepare for things while you're in jail. While you're in jail. And so the more charges you get, the more difficult bail is. And then uh, once you get one charge and you get convicted, then you usually have a suspended sentence hanging over your head like I do. And so that's why I'm looking at nine more or ten more months in jail is mm. because I have that nine-month suspended sentence from gotcha. my last jail uh, term. And because I got arrested for trespass, which is a misdemeanor charge, they can bring that suspended sentence back. So if I get convicted of the trespass next month, the worst they can do to me at this point is like another month just for the trespass. But then the prosecutor gets to decide whether or not to bring that suspended sentence back. So the sort of Damocles. Right. It's constantly hanging. I don't know if he's going to bring that back or not. He may decide not to. He may decide to only go after, you know, bring it back for two months of the nine months. I mean, so anything can happen. And so he got it. He just got in too deep. You got to question the premise on which you were, I mean, trespassing anyway. Like, how can you possibly trespass at, at the a courthouse? public building? Right. Well, I, I believe the trespass order is ridiculous. And yeah. I plan on, you know, challenging that and asking the the sheriff questions on the stand about it. And I fully expect to be convicted just because that's the way things go. Uh, but let's see. Well, so I, Derek J and his, his win and loss. I mean, it's kind of arbitrary to view it as a win or a loss, I think. Right. Well, it depends on the factors that you're considering. And it really depends on kind of what he thinks of it. And I think, I mean, maybe he he took that plea deal because he believed that it would be a better outcome overall. Right. I mean, because he was scared of possibly facing a a much longer time in jail. And so he thought that would be a better deal for him. So maybe that was sort of a win for him. I mean, Right. Well, you know, a plea deal is never a win. Uh, it's always a loss. You're True just doing It's just damage control. But once control. you get to a certain point, yeah, you're doing damage control. Anytime right. a bureaucrat contacts you, you're always trying to minimize the damage. Because as soon as a bureaucrat comes into your life, odds are good that they are going to hurt you. They are going to take your time or your money or, or perhaps your life, and they're going to do some damage to you. And so it's all about minimizing that damage. But not taking the plea deal is a risky thing to do. And, and you know, when you talk to folks about it, if you were to go to tools.freekeen.com and download the plea deal flyer, you'd see in there, hey, look, it says this is a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, so be aware of that when you do it, that you are risking the possibility they could sentence you harsh, more harsh, uh, harshly because you didn't take the plea deal. That's what they did to me. Mm-hmm. If I would taken the plea deal, I would have only done 40 days in jail instead of 60. So, uh, yeah, so you were punished because so you didn't take the plea deal, which is a problem 50%. in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 but as far as depicting that scene in the film of him having that defeat if you will of taking the plea deal i mean what what would a film be without a moment you know a low point right and then Mm -hmm. a resilient uh uprising i guess from the ashes of that you know i think when people see something like that they can really empathize with Derek j and he's not in this case a character he's a real person right and this really happened to him so that just makes it 10 times more easy i guess to relate to him right and, and to understand what he's been going through and to absolutely. it's more powerful that way people can empathize with this because a lot of the things that he was arrested for 
you know, again, all of them were victimless. And yeah. so plenty of people have been arrested for cannabis possession and, uh, you know, other silly nonsense things. So anybody that's ever been in a similar situation will be able to empathize or anyone who has or had a loved one. They have a friend, yeah. In, exactly. a, in, a, in a similar situation. And then the other question or the other part of Mike's question earlier was about him leaving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the film, he's leaving uh, New Hampshire. Temporarily. To go on his... Uh, right. His, right. Well, he's going on an exile tour. And... Yes, he would have liked to have stayed in New Hampshire. So ultimately, this is not what he wanted to originally do, mm-hmm. but he's making the best you know, out of a, of a bad situation. Yeah. He's got a year-long suspended sentence hanging over uh, – excuse me, he's got a multi-500-something-day you know, day suspended sentence mm. hanging over his head as a result of this conviction. And so he feels like the best thing for him to do is to not be around here. Because it seems like they've got his number, they got it out for him, so better that he goes elsewhere for a year and then comes back. And I think that makes sense. And I think the thing, what he's doing with it and turning it into this, this kind of activist tour, uh, bringing back LibertyOnTour.com, for instance, mm-hmm. and, and going around the country and kind of promoting the, the Shire, promoting the, the Free State Project and moving to New Hampshire and telling the folks that he meets about what he's been through and how great it was to have the support behind him during that, because he never would have done any of the things that he did Alone. had he not been here in New Hampshire. He never would have done it in Philadelphia. Yep. He moved here for the specific purpose of being able to make a stand for, for freedom, and he did that. It's just unfortunate that there aren't enough people to stand together at once. We don't have the, you know, we don't have a hundred people who at a phone call can show up and do an instance of civil disobedience. We can't have a flash mob of civil disobedience right now because we just don't have the people that are willing to do that. If you do have numbers like that, then it's very unlikely that the that the same kind of a crackdown will occur. And we Do you think seen, there will be? Do you uh, think those numbers will come eventually? I haven't the slightest clue. It seems like right now the way it the way it seems to go is that there are waves of uh, civil disobedience. So like the first wave was uh, Russell Canning and Cat Canning and uh, Lauren Canario. Lee. Some of the yeah. yeah, David Lee, some of the earliest movers to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It was before doing, we even got here. That's yeah. right. Doing some really groundbreaking, like 2004, 2005, 2006, doing some really groundbreaking civil disobedience that inspired me to come up sooner rather than later. I saw this stuff happening and I thought, wow, I've got to be there. I've got this radio show. I could talk about what they're doing and promote, help them. You know, I've got a video camera. I like to record things. So I can't, you know, I went out there and I recorded some of the stuff that they did and I posted those videos. And eventually, you know, it caught. I got sucked in by it because it was just so inspiring what they were doing. And I knew that I had to do civil disobedience as well. And so, you know, uh, myself and a number of others uh, were also in that kind of that second wave of uh, of civil disobedience up here. And then Derek J and other folks have been in kind of the third wave. So, you know, here and there, there are people that have done things and sometimes they've done them together, like at the, uh, the disorderly 12 or uh, the trespass of twelve, yeah. where myself and you know eleven other people were arrested just for walking around the jail. Yeah, uh, and then there was the disorderly seven, uh, where people were arrested for being in the court lobby uh, at one time when they were told to leave, they didn't leave. So I mean, there've been all manner of disobedience that has happened. Most of them have resulted in people being arrested and convicted for various different things. But there, along the way, have been instances where you can see that numbers work, like with the. Uh, the 420 celebrations in Keene, where there were at one point over 100 people in Central Square, and the cops attempted to crack down on it, but they ended up 
doing the opposite of their intention. They arrested somebody and then half the people from Central Square walked to the police department and smoked pot behind the police department sitting in a circle yeah. that uh, was 35 and then people in wide. the lobby after that. And the next day they tried to arrest somebody else and then they went back and they went inside the police department and smoked up in the lobby and no one was arrested. People were smoking pot in this police department lobby and no one was arrested there. If that's not an incredible example of the power of numbers and the power of people standing strong and firm for what they believe in, I don't know what is. So you can see how the government bureaucrats behave differently when they're very, uh, very much outnumbered. When they outnumber you, then you're probably going to go to jail. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. But the numbers thing is a little arbitrary. I mean, it's like how many people do you have to have participating in an act of civil disobedience or protest or whatever to be quote safe and nobody knows that you know well they could always call the national guard in i suppose and uh hog tie everybody well but- even at the pumpkin fest they arrested a few people they picked off a few and then they you know even though there were lots of numbers there mm, so- yeah but the pumpkin fest wasn't numbers of activists it was just large numbers of people watching yeah uh the activists that were involved were no more than a handful some of the 420s have had arrests that's what i'm saying it's they have but after they went and smoked out in the police lobby there were no more arrests at 420 yeah for a That's long, true. long time. And they were smoking out down there every single day after that. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Hour 2 next. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. I'm mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30-year fix. And we're the only country that actually has a 30-year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fixed in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from 350000 to 300000 If instead you refinance into a 15-year fixed in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from 350000 to 200000 You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in the studio tonight for this live Sunday edition, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Once again, 855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. You can actually create the content. So as you look at freetalklive.com, you see the numbered items that go down the page. Those numbers are votes, and the items were put there by listeners like you. So when you see something online that you want to share with us and other listeners, you submit it as show prep. Could be a YouTube video that you like, could be a blog post, maybe a news article. You submit it, it shows up on the upcoming stories page where it will receive hopefully enough votes to be promoted to the front page of the site. So one of the things you can do if you don't have anything to submit to the site is you can go to the upcoming stories page and vote on what's there because that's those are the ones that are brand new. They're brand new submissions. They're waiting 
to get enough votes to be promoted. So you can help with that. Or if you think something's terrible, vote it down to help keep it from getting to the front page of the site. <laughs> I look at it for show prep, to be honest. It's useful. Yeah, get Absolutely. a lot of great stories that way. So head over to freetalklive.com, get interactive. It's all completely free, unlike a lot of those talk shows websites. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, we'd started out uh, last hour, Stephanie, kind of recapping our weekends uh, because we were both involved in some interesting things. One of them was uh, kind of a security issue that I had at the airport. I want to hear about that. You I refused to, to tell me during the break. <laughs> I had to hear it on the air. So I had uh, was going to fly to Florida. Or I did fly to Florida. I did make it down successfully, but it was uh, it was a good thing I showed up early. You know, they say you're supposed to show up at least, what, an hour and a half early or something like that yeah, prior to a flight. Three hours or two hours for an did, international did they, flight. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I uh, had shown up an hour and a half early, and it was just barely enough time, turned out, at uh, Manchester. Not because the lines were particularly long. There were some lines, but uh, I was, you know, they have those kiosks where you go, you swipe your credit card, and then it'll identify you, and you print your boarding passes Mm -hmm. out. Usually, it's a pretty quick process. In this case, it told me I needed to go and see a customer service rep. So Uh I did that. And uh, this customer service (laughs) rep told me that, oh, well, it looks like you didn't pass secure flight. Which this is this thing that the TSA has implemented over the last few years, uh, wherein they have some kind of list. It's not a do not fly list. It's some other kind of list. And there's certain qualifications that will get you flagged for secure flight. Like having a talk show? You know, uh, it's up to speculation as to why I was flagged. I haven't been flagged previously and I've flown at least once a year for the last mm. several years. So wow. this is the first time this has really happened. And my uh, supposition is that I was uh, I bought the tickets the basically day within 48 hours prior to the flight. Mm. Well, so that, I think that that's what did sense. it. That makes sense, yeah. But the woman behind the desk, she didn't really accept that. She thought it was because my driver's license had a... Uh, I had a Florida driver's license at the time with a New Hampshire address on it. She thought that was it. I was like, no, that can't be it because I've flown with that license before. So that's not what it is. And in fact, she even called over a New Hampshire cop to look at my license and make sure that that was all right. He was like, oh, this is fine. There's no, no problem here. And because that was that's my mailing address, basically, that was uh, that was on there. Yep. And so that wasn't it. Anyway, what happened was she tried to punch my license. She got my license from me, punched in the information, license number, and my you know full name and all that. And it didn't work. And so she had to call up some helpline and, and talk to them. And she gave my information to them. Oh, and no. something Meanwhile, was, the minutes are ticking away. Right, and you're worried right. about I'm just standing there. And the poor, you know, poor customers and this lady, I mean, she would have rather been dealing with customers and helping people get their bags checked and all that. Yeah. In fact, she's on the phone. She's trying to check people's bags at the same time. So she's trying to be as productive as possible. But there's this government government bureaucracy that's basically weighing her ability to serve her customers down by having her to run through all these hoops so I can get passed through the secure flight thing and get on the flight. So she's on the phone, she's on the phone, she's on the phone, and like whatever it is she's doing isn't working. And so she's trying to get the person on the other end of the phone to understand why she can't do what he wants her to do or whatever there's some kind of miscommunication mm-hmm. going on obviously this doesn't happen surprise, very surprise, often yeah and uh and or if it does happen they clear it pretty quickly and yep. like they punch in the info and it gets cleared and that's fine so something was taking extra long with uh, with my account so she ends up calling over the tsa supervisor and at this point a good half an hour has gone by with her oh. on the phone on and off the phone sounds trying, stressful trying different yeah. things i mean i wasn't really stressed i was just kind of just hoping 
think I made my flight at this point. Uh, I think I'd be stressed in that situation. Yeah, not only about the flight, but like, what is this what thing that do? they flagged you know, what, me with? Yeah, what what yeah. can you do though? Yeah, right? I mean, I just, stand, just wait patiently. Um, and this, uh, you know, the TSA guy actually deserves a lot of credit because he was where a, a lot of government bureaucrats can be very rude, uh, and you know they don't care what you think of them. This guy was actually pretty nice and was really friendly and oriented towards being you know decent to me. And uh, his name was Bob, and he was like the supervisor in charge of the TSA there. And yep. you know he kind of looked over what she was doing, and it was just something with their system that something wasn't being done right. I don't know what it was. They obviously didn't explain to me, but he never looked at me askance or, you know, in any sort of suspicious manner where he is, whereas he could have totally treated me like, you know, some dirty terrorist or or something like that. The blue gloves out. He didn't. (laughs) But what was most interesting was the woman that was working for the airline that was dealing with this situation. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, relatively apologetic and, you know, service oriented until the point about 45 minutes into this. She noticed for the first time that my license was expired. Oh. And then her attitude changed toward me. And this was the most bizarre part of the whole thing. Like, the TSA guy was nice the whole time. He didn't care about the license being expired or anything like that. And the TSA guy was offering her, at one point he was offering her to do something like, you know, he was grabbing bags and putting them on the, because customers were constantly coming up. There were a line of customers and he was grabbing their bags, put them on the belt and trying to help out in whatever way that he could. And he offered to do something for her. Like, I forget what the specific offer was, but she was like, oh, I don't care if he uh, misses his flight. He doesn't have a valid license. Oh my goodness. So she like completely changed. Like she didn't say anything wow. to me about uh, like direct she didn't make direct eye contact with me and say you don't have a valid license this is a problem. She just kind of kept making offhand comments about how all of a sudden it was like I was not a real human being anymore because I didn't have a, a valid government driver's my my license had expired wow. a week prior. It was only expired by a week. But once you don't have that valid license, you're not a real person anymore, I guess. And oh my goodness, wow! Because okay, she just didn't care if like all of a sudden now it didn't matter if he helped me to the front of the security line. She didn't care if I got on the flight because I didn't have a valid license. And I think that you know. Do you to think her that's credit, a slave on slave thing. Like I well, think I have that's to keep absolutely it, a slave yeah. on slave thing. But also to her credit, she was probably frustrated with the whole situation, being as how she was on the phone for forty five minutes and couldn't get this thing done. So she was kind of taking it out on me. I think that was probably a factor there as well. And it was ridiculous. I mean, the, the and it Who, definitely felt like slave on slave. Like, well, my license is valid, and I think what she thought was that if my license had only been valid, that this would have worked. Like, if my license had been valid, oh, as if it that was if your she fault? punched in this information, that it would have worked in her system. And I don't think that's the case at all. Wow, that's an amazing story. Because how would the feds really have like known about the license being expired? And only expired for a week. I mean, the yeah. rolls, the wheels of bureaucracy turn slowly. They probably yeah. wouldn't have even known. No, for me, I think the reason was I bought the tickets on late Wednesday night, and it was an early Friday morning flight, so yep. like literally less than thirty six hours. And if you look at the list of uh, qualifications for being a terrorist or a drug dealer, it's buying a one way ticket or buying something within you know forty eight hours of a flight, something right. that's really short uh, time frame. So that that's what I'm guessing happened. Wow. So, Anyway, she uh, finally, after over an hour of standing there, she was finally able to like handwrite a boarding pass or something like that because, again, they were just having all these problems. Oh, I bet they love that at the security gate. <laughs> well, the dude who was from the TSA actually took me, like escorted me to the security gate, oh, wow. jumped me ahead of the entire line, <laughs> uh, took me... You so know, all you have to do is be a terrorist and you get to the front of the line. <laughs> you know, if you do, it's... You're right. Yeah. Um, 
if you have the super secret special search, the uh, the four S's that you they go put on you, faster, yeah. you actually do get through a little bit. Well, probably in the the overall scheme of things, not really faster because they have to search you really thoroughly. But on the other hand, I didn't have to wait in a line. You know, they kind of walked me through, and I I opted out of the the body scanner. Mm, there's and, a silver you know, lining after the detail, all. <laughs> you know, the detailed search. And so then, I, when I came back from Tampa today, I was wondering, all right, is this going to happen again? So wait, what about this pat down? Did you get Did you get a pat down? It's just the you... super secret special search, just the regular. Kind so you of got the wand with down. the metal detector. No, um, well, I guess did I go through a metal detector? I'm just wondering if somebody touched your junk. I must have gone. I don't think I went through a metal detector. I think they just do a pat down. Yeah, all I don't right. think they have metal detectors there anymore. I thought I remembered them, but I, I they don't used know. to have metal detectors. I'm happy but I think for you if you got through unmolested. They've replaced them all almost at this point with those uh, body scanner devices, mm, I which see. I opted out of, and so they gave me a super special search thing. Eight five five four fifty free. You take control. Your TSA stories are welcome. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves here, 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever you like, 1-855-450-3733. Still to come, of course, we'll take your calls about anything that you want. Also on the way here, they have shut down a vibrator giveaway. Uh, this is the one story, Stephanie, shame. you and I both had uh, together <laughs> yeah. in our show prep tonight. So it feels like since we both had it independently of one another, we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, we'll also talk to you about anything. The number is 855-450-FREE. Now, one of the things that uh, that you had had happen to you, or I guess happened to you, you went to a uh, conference this weekend, and uh, you hadn't really done more than scratch the surface in the first hour of kind of telling us about this. Yeah, but I want to hear what important. happened to you on the way back. Oh, Oh, right. So the TSA thing. So I had been uh, basically stopped for over an hour at the check-in desk uh, when I left Manchester heading to Tampa on uh, Friday. And it was just ridiculous. I didn't pass secure flight and they just couldn't make it happen. And finally, they ended up doing it. I ended up boarding the flight literally minutes before uh, it took off. And uh, so I'm wondering to myself, all right, is this going to happen again? You know, I've I've been cleared now, right? They cleared me the first time. Is this going to happen again? And if so, how long will it take? Well, it I did happen again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it did happen again. Uh, once again, the message on the machine was you need to go see a, you know, an agent to talk to us. And uh, this lady did manage to get it to work out in, uh, in 10 minutes. So it was only a 10-minute wait at the, the check-in counter on the way back uh, mm, today. That's good. And, uh, you know, I got – I probably had the most thorough search of my life. I have this laptop bag. That I carry around with me. And of course, it's got all kinds of pockets for wires and things like that. And the TSA agent that was searching it was probably more thorough than any other search I've been through. And that bag's been through a lot of searches at courthouses. And it's been through the TSA a few times. Uh, this guy was pulling stuff out and swabbing as much as, as much of it as he possibly could. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, but I got through. So that's that, good. There really wasn't anything to talk about on the on Okay. The way home. I was just curious. Yeah. It was a little bit of a cliffhanger. So there you go. Uh, so do you want to talk about the... Whether, whether I'm on a list permanently, though, will remain to be seen. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll know more when, uh, I guess, we're going to California at some point for a, uh, 
a radio conference and maybe mm-hmm. Libertopia as well mm-hmm. coming up in October. So we'll that would be cool. I'm definitely see. going to Libertopia. I'm going to do my show Pork Therapy. Exciting. A couple of other Liberty Radio Network shows are going to be on at Libertopia too. And for anybody who doesn't know, Libertopia.org is the website where you Great. can find out more. I've been to, I think, the first one, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a growing event. I mean, the first one was, uh, you know, not a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm, yep. And uh, it's definitely getting bigger. This is the third one this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And I was there last year, too. You went two years ago. Correct. So we haven't uh, been at Libertopia at the same time, but last maybe year... Maybe we will this year. Yes, maybe. That would be cool. So, so you went to a conference of some sort uh, this past weekend. I did. It was called the Ancestral Health Symposium, and it's about... Basically, what did our ancestors as human beings, and I'm talking not, you know, great grandparents, but like great, 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 great mm-hmm. <laughs> times a million uh, grandparents, like the the early Paleolithic kind of humans, when people were still hunter gatherers, you know, what did they eat? How did they live? And, you know, we've had millions of years of evolution to have certain genetics that help us deal with an environment uh, that early humans lived in, you know, as, as hunter gatherers, as people who ate certain things and who kind of their rhythms went with the sun and seasonally and stuff. And so how can we use that information and the stuff that we're learning about to live healthier lives uh, today in the Neolithic times? And so it was really interesting, you know, just from my perspective, because I'm really interested in this stuff. I'm mm-hmm. into medicine and nutrition and stuff like that. I, I have and you've been, been doing the paleo thing now for how long? Um, well, I've been eating a low carb diet for about 10 years and initially I lost like about 75 pounds on it. I used to be obese and have kept that off like pretty successfully over the past decade. And over the past, I I would say like about a year ago, I started doing um, a paleo diet, which is, you know, very similar to what I was eating before, but just cutting out all grains and legumes Mm -hmm. uh, and making a couple changes like grass-fed meat. I switched to grass-fed. And so I noticed some differences in my health too that that I was pleased with, like uh, skin allergies that went away. So that was a big deal. Yeah. But I mean, the really exciting thing about this conference to me, at least from a perspective of somebody who likes liberty, was that there were so many crossovers and so many overlaps. What's the size, though, of this conference? Like how many attendees? Well, that's the thing. There were 500 people there, but it was very limited in size. I mean, Mm -hmm. this thing sold out within a week of them opening up the tickets. And there were tons more people that wanted to go that couldn't get tickets. And so... Was there like a big speaker that was a real draw? Actually, Joel Salatin, who spoke at the Liberty Forum, was their keynote speaker. Um, They've also... Author of You Can Farm, is that right? Um, Yeah, he has a number of books. But yeah, he has his own little homestead and he makes a farm and gave a great talk about, about that. But um, they had Rob Wolf there, who's a big in the paleo world. And Mark Sisson was there. You know, I met met all these people, Jimmy Moore. And, you know, so what made you think that it was a liberty friendly uh, crowd? Well, well, OK, so one of the talks that we that I heard was from a guy who is explicitly a well, he, he identifies as a market anarchist. Mm-hmm. Actually, he is a liberty person. And he was talking about basically the state and <laughs> and why people who are interested in paleo lifestyle, like what they can do um, as far as kind of getting the state out of their lives in order to live more primally, I guess you could say. That was a very interesting talk, and it was well-received. And uh, there was also a talk after that about kind of, it was about like the importance of play for children and like how they develop through play. But they talked a lot about unschooling and they actually talked about the the Sudbury school model, right? Where kids don't, they're not like top down directed by adults, but they're free to learn about what they're interested in. And they kind of learn through a play model and they they play with uh, mixed age groups because it's very artificial to kind of separate kids by age. That didn't didn't really happen historically until very recently. So um, that was really interesting. And the parents were so interested in this unschooling Mm -hmm. and the Sudbury model. I was really excited about that. 
Then there was another guy. Um, if you remember, a couple of months back, there was this scientist, Robert Lustig. He came out and he said that, yeah, we should criminalize sugar. We should ban sugar. Oh yeah, use the government to tax it heavily and regulate it. And This stop- guy was there? Yeah, he was there, but the thing was, he gave, he gave a talk about banning sugar, and it was terribly received. Hmm. I didn't hear anyone saying that they agreed with him. I mean, they were all, everybody who I overheard. Was there a Q&A uh, session afterwards where he was kind of challenged? There was, out? but I actually missed his, I, I missed the talk, but it's going to be on video. Mm-hmm. So we can see it, everybody can see it on the internet in a couple of months. But Where does one go to do that? Do you know, is there a website? Um, if you search for Ancestral Health Symposium, you can see the talks from 2011. Uh-huh. The 2012 ones won't be up for a couple months because they want to edit in the people. Right slides and stuff so um i don't know maybe if you're listening to this in the future future future, right. you can check that <laughs> but um but from what i overheard i heard a lot of people his talk was right before lunch the one where the guy talked about regulating sugar right and everybody universally that i, I heard 10 you know a dozen conversations where people were like oh this guy's crazy i can't believe it government's been telling us what to eat and they were totally wrong about the right. food pyramid why would we want to give them control of anything that has to do with our food that is so refreshing to hear and it must have been for you as well yes and this was at harvard law school i mean this is the heart of academia you know this you'd think the people would be all for using government to achieve well, do you feel like goals. the majority of the con- the conference attendees were from harvard or were they coming in from elsewhere um, no but they were there were a lot of clinicians and researchers there there were a lot of um, doctors, a lot of people in the healthcare field, and from my experience, because I am actually in it, um, they those people tend to be a lot more welcoming and accepting of government. You know, maybe even yeah. leaning towards authoritarian or statist. But uh, the people who were at this conference were completely different, and I was blown away by yeah. just the liberty sentiment. That's so refreshing. That was really exciting for, to me for somebody who has such strong feelings about you know, how one should eat Mm -hmm. to realize that that shouldn't be forced on everyone is really a good thing. Definitely. Especially with that being so common out there of different politicians and interest groups lobbying constantly to try to control what people can eat. And, And maybe they know or they realize that if they try to tell people what to eat, that eventually somebody's going to turn around and tell them what they can and can't eat. So it's that kind of cycle of abuse that Mm. we see so often. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves here, live Sunday edition. We'll uh, allow you to talk about anything that you want here. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Stephanie. And I want to tell you about SACL CAI. Not only are they the sponsors of our phone lines here, but they're also longtime major supporters of not just Free Talk Live, but the liberty movement in general. Uh, SACL CAI has been behind this show for a long time and really appreciate everything that uh, Jason Osborne does. Uh, he's the guy who's behind SACL CAI, one of the principals there. Everything that he does uh, to help promote the ideas of liberty. So if you are looking to have somebody else handle collections, like it sucks doing collections, 
do something and offload it get your you know get it off your plate have the professionals do it and that way you can focus on running your business because that's what you got into business for was to do your business not do collections that's their business at SACL CAI they do collections early out billing and they even purchase charged off receivables you can go to their website just go to freetalklive.com and you'll see their banner it's right at the top of our banner column once again that's freetalklive dot com look for SACL CAI eight five five four fifty free that's the SACL CAI toll free line so Stephanie you went to this uh, conference essentially a paleo kind of conference mm-hmm. and it was called what again the ancestral health symposium twenty twelve the ancestral health symposium second year yeah the first one was twenty eleven it was somewhere in California or Texas or something. So uh, overall, positive experience. How many days Very was positive. this? Was it like a one day off thing? It was of? a weekend thing. Uh-huh. So it was Thursday through Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. They even had a barefoot banquet on Saturday night, which was last night. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. People walking around in cocktail dresses and suits and barefoot. But barefoot. You know, because <laughs> the whole idea is that, you know, early like our feet are designed for a reason they're very ergonomic you don't need to wear shoes and especially things like heels will throw your spine out of balance and so i see where you're coming from yeah i i love it i love are nice if you're outside it can kind of suck to get a rusty nail stuck in your foot but you know so shoes certainly have their uh their utility but if you're walking around in a uh, a ballroom then it would make sense that you don't really need to have shoes on Mm, exactly yeah i guess like when people were out running through the forest and stuff they would develop like thickened skin on the bottom of their feet so Mm -hmm. they protect them a little bit but yeah, I mean, our toes help us balance. They they do a lot of things. So, hey, let's appreciate them. <laughs> Neat. So uh, anything else you wanted to highlight from your conference visit this weekend? Um, I think that's it. And and I have a lot of other stuff we want to talk about tonight, sure, too. There's a lot going on out there uh, in the news. 855-450-FREE. But not, a lot of it you're not going to hear about necessarily right out uh, the, in the mainstream. Although, you know, I did talk about the, the security experience. I had a kind of a related story. And then we can get to the vibrator uh, ban. Oh, yes. And or, or the shutdown. They shut down a, a giveaway. But uh, the TSA apparently had an encounter with Captain Kirk, uh, William Shatner, was recently forced to submit to a pat-down by the TSA at L.A. International Airport. This according to Examiner.com. He was preparing for a trip uh, to Africa, and during the search, the TSA forced Shatner's pants to fall down, and he apparently goes commando. Oh, my. Because his 81-year-old unmentionables, as they write it here, were briefly shown for all to see. Shatner's taking the situation as he generally does all things with good humor. He even cracked a joke on his official Twitter account that said, quote, my wardrobe malfunction at LAX is making the rounds online. For those that were witnesses, I apologize. For those that kept staring, shame on you. Uh, unquote. <laughs> the late show with Craig Ferguson wow. had the incomparable Shatner on. He freely discussed the event. He was quoted saying, now remember, I'm going on a long plane trip to South Africa. I'm going to spend 22 hours on the plane, so I'm wearing very loose clothing, as loose as I can get. You don't want anything to bind you because you don't know what it might bind. So the guy examines me like a pile driver. My pants fall down. I'm in LAX and my pants are around my knees. Ferguson asked Shatner, Isn't you that just metaphorical for everything the TSA does? <laughs> yeah. You didn't actually have your junk out there. You didn't have the full starship out there for everyone to see. <laughs> full starship. Shatner oh, quipped, you can't, see a, uh, you can't see a starship at night. After taking a somber tone, he poignantly said, it was awful. It was the most embarrassing thing probably that has ever happened. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, you do feel bad for him. I mean, he's taken it with a sense of humor, but still, that is embarrassing. And can you imagine if that happened to a woman? I mean, don't you think it might be a Would little... Would it be worse if it was a woman? I don't know. There have been a lot of examples. There was a woman whose breast was like exposed by the TSA. Yeah. Like they were patting her down or something. And somehow, I don't know how this... I can't really imagine how this could have happened. But they caused her breasts to pop out and everybody saw them. And the TSA com- the TSA agents, like it was a young, attractive woman, and the agents were making comments. Like, oh, I'm going like to make her comments. go through the line twice so I can see that again wow. or whatever. And she's she had it on tape somehow, or the the security camera got it. She sued them, and she got you know a pittance. But I mean, that's very embarrassing, and they seem to have kind of targeted her for it too. So that's maybe a little different. But um, but yeah, it's it's awful when it happens to anyone. Right. I don't know why it would necessarily be different if uh, a woman's vagina was exposed <laughs> as opposed to a man's no. uh, penis. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe people would leer more if it was a woman. I guess I don't know. It might depend. But I mean, again, right. Bill really, Shatner's there's... eighty-one. Uh, would it have been more embarrassing if he were thirty-one? Does the age really matter? Or I don't think so. Uh, I mean, if if no. more people are leering, does that make it more embarrassing? I think there's an extra factor of discomfort. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's one thing to be exposed and be embarrassed, yeah. that's terrible. But to be exposed, embarrassed and feel like there is a possibility that people might be looking at you that you find creepy or that you feel unsafe at the same time as being exposed, that's an additional thing. But doesn't this all really come down uh, from having a sexually repressive society where nudity is seen as embarrassing in the first place? Because Yeah, if, I think that's part of it. Well, you know, I mean, no, nobody could, should be non-consensually nude. Oh, I agree. I'm um, not saying it's okay what happened. Obviously, we live in that society, and uh, people are embarrassed about these situations. But, but I, th- I agree with you, Ian, but though, if that it's not a big more deal. Like, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, if people were more used to seeing nudity, and it wasn't such a big whoop if people were naked uh you know if all beaches were nude beaches for instance uh (laughs) and people were calm you know it was commonplace for folks of all ages and body shapes and you know skin tone uh to be seen in uh in the buff Mm -hmm. then um, then it would have been like oh no whoops you know it would have been a big deal right at that point yeah yeah i would love to live in that world i mean unfortunately it is a big deal and i you know there are hot days this summer has been really hot i totally yeah, this it's been hotter than normal. Like I we didn't have know. very much snow this winter, and it seems like the winter just... was definitely warmer. I don't know about the summer. Mm. It or maybe we've had less rain or something. It feels different to me. I don't know, but well, like at, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival mm-hmm. this year, it was ninety five degrees some days. I mean, that's really hot, and it gets uncomfortable to do things like you know, if you're a woman, it's really uncomfortable to wear a bra sometimes, and you want to walk around without one. But sometimes you get self conscious. You totally should have. I mean, why? Well, not? I, I pretty much did. It's I stopped caring, but. <laughs> But still. Wasn't there one lady that was like almost completely naked last year? Some of the uh, families were, were complaining about that. Um, I don't remember that. I don't think I saw it personally, but was I heard it at the ab- dance party? I heard about it. No, I th- well, it may have started at the dance party, but uh, I heard she was walking around the campsite. Oh well, hey, good for her. Naked. I mean, I sometimes I feel a little too embarrassed, but yeah. I got to get over that because not nobody's looking at me. You know, it's like it's not that big of a deal. I didn't. I wasn't naked, but I was wearing a tutu at the, the dance party. <laughs> yes, this year, I so. remember that. That was, was a great costume. It was as close to naked as, you know, one could get <laughs> while still being clothed. Yeah, you had shorts on underneath, though, didn't you? It, um, I couldn't yes, tell. Yes, I had, like, skin-tight kind of spandex uh, shorts on. Yes. Underneath. 
the things that Ian does for Liberty, it's, you know, it's great. <laughs> Big supporter. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So since we're talking about body parts, let's talk about the vibrator situation. All I don't right. know if you have that story handy. Do I you? do, yeah. I have it pulled up. Um, it's from Reason.com, but it doesn't give that much detail. I'd I'd like to know a little bit more about this, but here we are. New York officials ban vibrator giveaway. They must have rubbed Mayor Bloomberg the wrong way. Oh, they always start with a terrible pun. Uh, city officials pulled the plug uh, on a <laughs> vibrator giveaway by the Trojan Condom Company yesterday, disappointing potentially thousands of pleasure-seeking women who hope to get their hands on some no-cost sex toys. Well, this New York City is really just... Every week they've been doing something. First, it was the soda. Well, actually, before that, it was the trans fats, right? They were banning trans fats. Then they banned soda. Then, then they banned uh, formula, baby formula. Mark and I talked about that last week, I think. Um, and now they're banning vibrators. They just don't want anybody to have any fun. All right. So I've got a New York Post version of the story. So we'll mm. see what they have to say versus okay. reason. Uh, and we'll come back with more about this here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here and give us your thoughts on being naked uh, or embarrassed, or you can talk about sex toys. But you have to be careful about that topic because we are on the radio, so be adult. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include uh, the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this show... You can support Free Talk Live, and one of the ways you can do that is via Bitcoin. We have the Bitcoin tip jar at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. If you have some Bitcoins you would like to share with us, you can send them over over at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. But if you don't know what Bitcoins are all about, take some time to learn about it. You're going; It's going to be worth your while to learn now what Bitcoin is. In fact, work toward getting some Bitcoin. Um, that way you can have them because it seems like they are going up in value pretty consistently. Last time I checked, they were at over $10 uh, Eleven for Bitcoin. Is it over 11 now? Yeah. So uh, it wasn't too long ago that it was a $6 per Bitcoin. Now there's no guarantee it's always going to go up. But the investment factor is not the reason I would be interested in Bitcoin. I like the idea of just having my money in, in different places that aren't dollars, that aren't U.S. dollars. I agree. So I've got some money in silver and I've got some money in Bitcoin. But Bitcoin's really interesting because of... Well, what it is. It's not anything that's issued by a government. It's not issued by a corporation. It's an open source, decentralized form of essentially digital cash. It can be used anonymously. 
and it is impossible for anyone to freeze your account. Uh, it's impossible for uh, anybody to block you from sending or receiving payments with Bitcoin. In fact, people buy drugs with them online. They Not sure that do. We would recommend that or anything, but <laughs> you could, in theory, <laughs> buy uh, buy weapons. But it looks like the armory's been shut down. Uh, oh, really? Just as an aside, how could the, they shut it down with uh, Tor? No, no, no. It was uh, the people who created the site that shut it down. They made oh. the decision to shut it down. Oh, because, because there was nobody. No one was really using it. So hmm. apparently, there's a fairly high demand for illegal drugs uh, through I'm anonymous actually services, happy to hear that you know because I, I like peace you know and I, I just think that's cool I mean even if there's a me too I like peace as well but I don't blame anybody for wanting to protect themselves no yeah that's true and, and sometimes, it could be sometimes you can't get the things that you want to protect yourself with like you know we happen to live here in New Hampshire where it's not a problem you can go out and buy a knife and it's no big deal but in mm. a lot of places your knife blade can only be you know three inches long or you can't have a switch blade or maybe or you have a felony and you can't get any of that stuff yeah, yeah that's exactly. true I, so. I think I take it for granted a little bit in new, you know living here in New Hampshire and kind of spoiled because it's easy to get that stuff if you want it but I do feel happy when I see people sort of moving towards more peace, at least it seems like it, with the closing of the armory. That yeah. doesn't mean there won't be a new website that opens up tomorrow to uh, to replace it. Yeah, but very uh, true. the point is about Bitcoin. It allows you to uh, send and receive payments without any of the gatekeepers. You don't have to deal with a bank. You don't have to deal with uh, some credit card company. You don't have to deal with these big monolithic corporations or governments or any of that stuff. And you keep all of your, you know, whatever your Bitcoin transactions are, are out of the hands and out of the, uh, the auspices of those who would deem to control you. Yeah, so, that's a huge deal it is and it's getting more important as time goes on as more people start using it and more services are developed for it go to weusecoins.org there's a quick less than two minute video there that'll give you a rundown on what bitcoin's all about kind of explain it to you weusecoins.org and then when you're ready to get some bitcoins go to bitinstant.com bitinstant.com makes it easy and you can deposit cash at over 700,000 locations and it literally turns cash into bitcoins Within minutes. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Bitinstant.com. Uh, so we'll take your calls about anything. Kelvin is on the line with us. Uh, let's get back to the vibrator story because we barely scratched the surface of it here. Uh, but Kelvin's with us in Colorado on the amp lines. Kelvin, go ahead. Hey, Ian and Stephanie. Hey, what's on your mind? Boy, I, I wish I'd had a little more time to think about the uh, the armory thing because that's an interesting subject uh, uh, for me. But uh, mm. maybe I'll call in some other time about that. Sure. Uh, since I've been uh, checking out these different websites, uh, first Free Talk Live, and then uh, other other websites, uh, I noticed a lot of them feature a uh, a yellow and black uh, colors color scheme. Yep. Uh, also, like the voluntarist symbol is is yellow and black, mm-hmm. and it kept I kept wondering what what's up with that symbolism, and no one ever really seems to talk about it, and I kept men- mentioning meaning to go and uh, find out, you know, see if I can figure it out. It's an illuminated naughty symbol to uh, let our handlers know that uh, it's okay that we're, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, uh, I think I can explain it pretty succinctly. The lizard Jews. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay, go ahead. Okay, so um, traditionally, uh, the symbol, and I know, Ian, you don't like this word, and maybe I don't particularly like it either, but the symbol of anarchism has been a black flag, right? That's yeah. just a basic anarchist symbol. 
Okay. But then you start to get into these different flavors of anarchism. And then they have these black flags with a slash and then, you know, a diagonal slash. And then one part of the flag is a certain color. And so like uh, anarcho-communism is a black red and, and black. red flag. Yeah. Because uh, so red's kind of a classic communist color and uh, black is a classic anarchist color. And if you think about the uh, black as a flag, it makes sense, right? Because black is the lack of color. Mm-hmm. And so no flag. No, most countries no have gods, no colors masters. all over them, all over their flags. So the lack of color is lack of a government. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you have the black and red uh, variety of anarchists. The uh, yellow and black is supposed to represent anarcho-capitalism. I know that's another word that we don't particularly yeah, two like. words I don't care for, personally. But but but. Maybe market anarchism, I guess, would be a better way to put it, right? The, the yellow uh, is kind of a, a substitute for gold. It's technically supposed to be black and gold, yep. but... Uh, gold's kind of a there tough is that song find. black and yellow right there's some rap song called black and yellow yes. yeah. <laughs> so it's black and gold right but yeah and then you could have like um black and pink is a queer anarchist flag mm, black and purple okay. is an anarchist feminist flag so there are different flavors of it yeah does that help kelvin uh, yes it does and i was just uh actually had, had found that on wikipedia and i was going to like tell you guys about it, and I'm sure that. Oh, uh, sorry, Kelvin. Did I That's steal right. your thunder? You better than I would. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, other listeners have had the same question kind of in the back of their mind. Uh, but something else I'd like to point out is that, like the all black, like Ian was saying, is the uh, like the negation of a nationalistic flag. And there was having mm-hmm. no color, and all white is the color of surrender. Uh, right. So, mm. That's that's kind of interesting. That is, it's gold and black. And now I'm going to have to go fix my avatar because mine's yellow and black. And now that I understand that it's supposed to be gold, <laughs> I'll have to figure out how to how to morph yellow into gold color. The nice <laughs> thing about the scheme is that uh, yellow and black happen to be the most uh, you know the best for contrast. So as far as if you're making a sign or something or like logo, that, yeah. or logo, it's really easy to see that from uh, from a distance and discern it. Personally, I think sometimes it can look like a bee. And I don't particularly <laughs> like that. Well, it's also so heavily used. Sometimes when I'm designing like a color scheme for a website, I'll make a per, you know point of staying away from it simply mm-hmm. because like oh I've seen it enough. Yeah. So I don't always use it. Yeah, it can get a little cliche. And actually, it's unfortunate though. Well, it I, seems cliche, right? But yeah. uh, only to people that know what it is. Not everybody does. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, the thing I fear is that libertarians or anarchists, you know, market anarchists will be seen as a gang, you know, with black and yellow as their colors well, or whatever. they have us listed as a gang in Ugh. the gang section of the police, uh, whatever the software is where they, they input information about you if you get arrested. Yeah. Although it says non-gang next to it. So you, they'll, they'll put free stater in there and uh, and then wow. non-gang is right next that. to it so it's listed as a gang but it's supposedly a non-gang so it's some sort of designation Weird. for you well we're all individualists right that's part of our philosophy yeah. is, be- is being an individualist but at the same time you do kind of want to have a way to designate yourself or let other people know who are in the know themselves that yeah this is kind of what i what i believe in a nutshell right so it can be useful in that way it's like all labels you know they have their ups and their downs but yeah Kelvin, anything else on your mind tonight uh, yeah, I wanted to ask, hey, Stephanie, you went to this ancestral health symposium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I have a, a terrible eating lifestyle. I pretty much subsist on, like, fast food and stuff. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've been trying to find a another eating pattern, and this uh, paleo type thing makes, you know, seems to make logical sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, but there's a million books out there and all kinds of people on the Internet trying to tell you, what it is and how to do it and all the rest of this. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe you having, you know, your background and having attended this thing with all these other uh, people that 
No. You want some uh, some places to start out? Well, cool. Yes, um, I think it makes logical sense, too. And um, I'll just give you some quick resources, I guess. Um, if you like podcasts, there are a couple of paleo uh, podcasts out there. One of them is actually by Wes Bertrand, which is Healthy Mind, Fit Body. He does also the Complete Liberty podcast. So you may know him from there, but he also has a paleo podcast. Um, and there are also several blogs. I mean, Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson both have great blogs, Mark's Daily Apple. Um, there are a multitude of other paleo blogs online, but you don't really have to buy any books like you can just read about it on the internet and really anywhere is kind of a good place to start just you know uh just check it out yeah it's the shopping part that's uh that's horrible when you used to just drive and do the drive <laughs> yeah there now are no, no drive throughs in the caves <laughs> yeah you do have to put effort into these diet things from what i've seen uh-huh. kelvin thanks for the call it's tonight. an investment in yourself Appreciate you're it, worth man. it 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control here. We are doing the live Sunday edition. There's still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. Hour number three is next. We barely scratched the surface of this vibrator. Uh, they, they shut down a vibrator giveaway in New York City. We'll tell you what happened in moments. It's Free Talk Live. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. We're here doing the live Sunday edition of the program, which is a little unusual for me at least. Normally, Mark uh, is here, and I have Sunday off, but we did a little switch uh, this week. Switcheroo. And, but we're having uh, fun. It's lovely because I get to spend time with you, Stephanie, and yes, so it's, it's great. Uh, 855-450-FREE, and we're happy to spend our time with you as well. You can ca- uh, call in, bring up anything that you want to, and also, of course, you can take control of the website. Go to freetalklive.com, submit different things to it. It uh, then receives votes, and then the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. And uh, so you can participate in two major ways, by submitting items to the site and by voting as well. So maybe you've got something you want to share. You can share that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to cast your vote on what's already there. You can do that as well. Uh, you can vote up. You can vote down. And the most important page on which to vote is the Upcoming Stories page. So when you go to freetalklive.com, just click Upcoming Stories and just kind of go down the list and hit plus or minus based on what you think. Or maybe you're one of those people who just always want to be positive. Just hit plus on the things that you like and ignore the ones you don't. Uh, so go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Although there. negative thinking may be a good thing, according to your show prep. Right according here. to some show prep I have, which uh, maybe we'll get a chance to get into it, but uh, we just started this vibrator story uh, yes. in the last hour. And uh, so... You had found an article at Reason, which really wasn't very complete. Yeah, but it linked to a New York Post article, which I think we both clicked you, you over to. You pulled that up now. I have okay. it, yeah. 
So let's go. To... Yeah, let's go ahead and just recap from the beginning for okay. folks just tuning in. So apparently, the company Trojan, which is a condom company, was wanting to give away ten thousand vibrators. Wow! In the streets of New York City, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> a lot Huge. of vibrators. I'm I'm guessing they were the cheap kind of. Uh, dispo- almost disposable ones. Have you ever seen these? They ha- they're like single-use vibrators. You put them I not to get too graphic. No, I mean I I'm looking here at a photo, and uh, there's a couple of ladies here holding what appear to be fairly fancy-looking boxes. I mean, if it's oh. a throwaway vibrator, then it's a nice-looking box. Yeah, for- no, you're right. Maybe it is a more heavy-duty one that they could use a bunch of times. I didn't know Trojan made sex toys. I thought they just stuck to condoms. And who's going to wait in a line for? You know, a throwaway vibrator. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. These, I mean, I'm looking at a fi- picture here. They've lined up for these things mm-hmm. on the streets of New York. Yeah, going down the block. And apparently they had these hot dog style push carts called pleasure carts <laughs> that they were going wheeling around and giving away these vibrators. But their fun was cut short. This article says they pulled had the plug pulled on them. They were told to buzz off <laughs> by the city government because, well, can you guess why, Ian? Uh, no permits. Yeah, that's it. They had no permit. Because you can totally get a permit to give away vibrators, vibrator right? Permit. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have their fun permit was more like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the city is saying that it was not because of prudery. It was because they didn't have a permit and it was a fire hazard or whatever they they claim is the issue. Right. But no, the real issue is that the permit is money for the city. And mm-hmm. so anything else they come up with is total BS. The real reason is the city didn't get a cut. Yeah. And like any criminal gang that's running protection racket, if you don't pay the gang, they come in and screw up your, your you know, your store. They'll come in and trash your store if you don't Pretty pay much. the criminal gang. And that's essentially what they've done here. Yeah. And, you know, they were claiming, oh, it impedes street traffic and pedestrian. But really, I, I mean, it wouldn't be impeding the street traffic if they had gotten a permit. That just doesn't make sense yeah. to me. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, um, let's see. Instead of, this article is really cute. Uh, the carts arrived, arrived at each location. Nearly 300 women and quite a number of guys queued up. But instead of climaxing in a successful giveaway, <laughs> the promotion was prematurely interrupted by City Hall, uh, which sent a dark-suited representative to put the squeeze on Trojan's pleasure carts. The spoil sport who declined to identify himself told Trojan's reps at the Flatiron location. Really? He declined to identify himself? <laughs> I guess he's embarrassed. I don't know. Now, that's interesting because, you know, if if some government bureaucrat is going to show up and, and officially threaten you, I'd like to know who he is. Oh, yeah. If I were running this event, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're working for Trojan, you're not going to be there to do civil disobedience. You know, some corporation, they're going to want to follow the rules once they're uh, apprised of what those rules are, just because that's how corporations are. Mm. But if I were there as this uh, corporate executive and if I knew I had to follow the rules, I would at least want to know who in the hell was making this claim. Because how do you know it wasn't, you know, some guy from a local church showed up to. Yeah, who pretend had like he was agenda, a government. Didn't want women to have any pleasure or whatever. Totally, yeah. it's mm-hmm. a possibility, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I wonder if they asked him to identify himself or somehow prove that he was from the city. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's believable that the city would do this. I'm not sure. doubting for a moment it was the city. And when but... they called the city hall, then they they had a prepared statement about I see. it. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, that's a great point, and it could just be somebody from a church or sure. some somebody pulling a video prank or whatever. You never you never really know in New York City. Uh, so it had just been just gotten started, 
And it was shut down about 40 minutes later. So mm-hmm. they were out there, you know, looking, just looking for people. And a lot of people were complaining. Uh, one person said, there's a lot more important things the sh- city should be worried about than a free vibrator giveaway. Bloomberg doesn't want anyone to have fun. You can't have a giant soda and you can't have a vibrator. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I completely agree with her. It must be so frustrating to have that happen. Move to New Hampshire. I mean, I don't know. If you might have to buy your own vibrator, but <laughs> you'll probably be a lot more free. <laughs> At least you can have a soda. <laughs> so the city's uh, statement said the activity promoting Trojan products, which impeded pedestrian and street traffic, did not have a permit. So you can impede the traffic if you have a permit. Yeah, exactly. It's totally fine. It's madness. Then. Uh, the production company affiliated with the event is currently in discussions with the mayor's office to hold a promotional event with proper permits at a later date. <sighs> but you know what? This ended up being pretty good uh, promotion for them, although it doesn't really say mm. what this new brand is. Like it doesn't mention anywhere here in the news uh, report as to what this, uh, you know, the brand name is of this. I guess it's Trojan Vibrations, but hmm. it doesn't really make that clear. In this news report, needless to say, this is great publicity for Trojan. Right. I mean, they probably that's the got, silver bullet. I mean, silver yeah. lining. <laughs> they probably. Oh my. They probably got <laughs> way more publicity out of this news report that came out than whatever it was that got the uh, ladies to and guys to show up in the first place. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised more companies don't do this just for the sake of getting promotion. You know, just stage these protests or not protests. Uh, stage giveaways without a permit on purpose so True. that they get news articles and they promote it beyond just the people who get the product. If they, uh, it's a great point, although I wonder if it would have gotten the same uh, publicity had it not been such a controversial product. You know, if yeah. they'd been given away free slices of pizza, would it have been the, the same uh, as far as the coverage is concerned? Uh, yeah, probably not. There is a little know. bit of that, that intrigue, I guess, because but if it's all a that sex happened, toy. If all that happened to them was that they were just told to stop, then that's not a whole that's not a lot of backlash from the city and so it wouldn't be a great risk for a company to try this out again yeah definitely and yeah they they're going to be able to get their permit and have the regular event like they had planned anyway nothing's really bad's going to happen so i think it's a brilliant uh, ploy if it was done on purpose and maybe other people should look into copying it i wonder now, though what does the permit cost like uh, yeah you know, what does it cost to set up uh, well, what does it cost to give away 10,000 samples of your product jeez i mean that's And if it's something you can use over and over again, are they going to go back and buy one? I don't know. Probably not, but they would presumably tell someone that they... Maybe. Maybe they'll talk about it with their friends. I don't know. Do girls recommend uh, sexual toys? Oh, definitely. I've talked with Julia many times. Have you now? (laughs) During the breaks, whenever we're on the show together. (laughs) 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Of course, you can take control of the airwaves here and bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh... Did we have any calls? Because I wanted to bring up a point. No, go right ahead. Well, okay. Do you remember years ago, there was this lady who was actually like the Surgeon General of the U.S. I think it was Jocelyn Joyce, Elders. Jocelyn Elders. Yeah. Jocelyn, yeah. Okay. And so she recommended that in public schools during the sex ed classes, they teach kids about masturbation yes. because this will prevent pregnancy and STDs. It's a great idea. What, it was very self-love. controversial. Yeah. She got fired. That's what was happened. that what she was fired for? Yes. Mm-hmm. She was fired for recommending that. And and the Christian right just went nuts. Oh, she's teaching our kids to defile themselves and all oh this. Oh, my. Yeah. But I mean, of course, that just is what happens when you give the government control of schools. It always pits these interest groups against yeah. each other. So you have the sex positive liberal crowd against the evangelical Christians. Was she advocating Christians. the teaching of 
how to masturbate or the teaching I don't, about the existence of masturbation? I think it was very age appropriate just that masturbation exists and it's an mm-hmm. alternative to um, having sex with other people. Seems like a lot better than abstinence uh, education. To yeah, me. totally. I mean, and who isn't doing that anyway? I mean, I, maybe they're not. Yeah. 855 <laughs> <laughs> free. Well, everyone who was against that, clearly they, they would <laughs> they not masturbate. They never touch themselves. 1-855-450-3733. No. Maybe you're someone who has never... Uh, uh, pleasured yourself. I'd love, love to hear, to hear from, from that from person. Uh, I don't think they exist. They, well, 855-450-FREE. <laughs> you can take control here. This is Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Take control of the airwaves here, live Sunday edition of the program. You can bring up anything you want, 855-453. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Once again, uh, it's 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. We call it that because you're free to call in, talk about anything you want, and we're live seven nights per week. So join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features you'll find on the site. News updates are included. We have emails, so you can go to news.freetalklive.com, sign up for the email list, and also Twitter and Facebook are available, so you'll get... If you're following us on Twitter and Facebook, you'll get not just our news updates, but you'll get more than that. You'll get questions that we ask, kind of our online audience during the program. Uh, And, of course, that allows you to respond online. Obviously, we prefer phone calls, but some people, you know, you don't like to pick up the phone. You'd rather respond digitally. You can do that. Uh, Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, sign up for the email at uh, the emails there as well. News.freetalklive.com. Now, we talked earlier about Bitcoin as a great alternative, a digital alternative to uh, the Federal Reserve note. And, of course, uh, it's good to have your money in more than one place. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And so Free Talk Live also recommends precious metals like gold and silver. And you can get those through silver.freetalklive.com. When you do so, not only are you going to get likely a great deal. Go ahead, shop around and compare prices. Uh, you'll get a great deal from our friends over at Midas Resources. And Midas, by the way, is the company that is behind Genesis Communications Network, which is our company that syndi- – not our company, but it's the company that syndicates this radio program. So basically the company that's putting us – helping us get on over 100 stations is also the company that can sell you silver and gold. So go to silver.freetalklive.com. You can get uh, some really nice hand-picked silver and gold pieces like uh, Lakota Nation silver rounds as well as some more generic rounds as well, which I I always I like to promote the Mises pieces. Those are my Do you favorite. have those? Have no, I just love the name. I wish someone would give me a Mises pieces. <laughs> oh, now you know what to get, Stephanie, for whatever celebration. What do you like to celebrate? Do you celebrate birthdays? Yeah, or, like birthdays. Uh, you like birthdays. Actually, somebody came up to me at Porkfest and handed me a silver peace dollar, who's a listener oh, so of Free cool. Talk Live, and wanted to thank me. And I thought that was so cool. I love that. Peace is so, a very good thing. Yes. Get your peace piece. Uh, uh, <laughs> peace. So anyway, go to silver.freetalklive.com. Get some silver there. Did that change? Because it, it used to be gold.freetalklive? You can do either. Oh, wow. Cool. Whatever's I didn't fine. know that. Gold.freetalklive.com will work as well. And maybe you're somebody who just doesn't have access to the internet or it's not convenient for you. You can also call them at 877-857-9938 to get your gold and silver over the phone. 877-857-9938. 
as we continue here. There's a story over at uh, the New York Times called "The Power of Negative Thinking," and right off the right off the bat, uh, you know, I don't really much care for the uh, the title because I like the idea of uh, positive thinking. Well, been... isn't that what you hear all the time? Oh, you got to think positive. The power of po- positive mental attitude, right? Isn't that what Mark says sometimes? Uh, Mark might be in favor of that. I think so, and I would be as well because I've seen that it has you know positive effects on Mm -hmm. at least on my life but let's see what the other side of the story is from the new york times last month in san jose california 21 people were treated for burns after walking barefoot over hot coals as part of an event called unleash the power within starring the motivational speaker tony robbins i heard about this so did i I had that in my show prep i just never got to it such a sad thing when this occurs. If you're anything like me, a cynical retort might suggest itself. What exactly did they expect would happen? In fact, there's a simple secret to firewalking, so-called. Coal is a poor conductor of heat uh, to surrounding surfaces, including human flesh. So with quick, light steps, you'll usually be fine. But Mr. Robbins and his acolytes have little time for physics. To them, it's all a matter of mindset. Cultivate the belief that success is guaranteed and anything is possible. One singed but undeterred participant told the San Jose Mercury News, I wasn't at my peak state. What if, as the reason why he got burned, uh, what if all this positivity is part of the problem? What if we're trying too hard to think positive and might do better to reconsider our relationship to negative emotions and situations? Consider the technique of positive visualization, a staple not only of Robin-style seminars, but also of corporate team-building retreats and business bestsellers. Isn't this the secret, too? You just visualize what you want and the universe gives it to you? Uh, That's kind of the uh, idea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, According to research by the psychologist Gabrielle Ottingen and her colleagues, visualizing a successful outcome under certain conditions can make people less likely to achieve it. She rendered her experimental participants dehydrated, then asked some of them to picture a a refreshing glass of water. The water visualizers experienced a marked decline in energy levels compared with those participants who engaged in negative or neutral fantasies. Imagining their goal seemed to deprive the water visualizers of their get-up-and-go as if they'd already achieved their objective. Or take affirmations, those cheery slogans intended to lift the user's mood by repeating them. I am a lovable person. My life is filled (laughs) with joy. Psychologists at the University of Waterloo concluded that such statements make people with low self-esteem feel worse, not least because telling yourself you're lovable is liable to provoke the grouchy internal counter-argument that really you're not. Even goal-setting, the ubiquitous motivational technique of managers everywhere, isn't an undisputed boon. Can I just bust in for a minute about that, okay, the affirmations thing? Yes. I I think I like where this article is going because it's saying, like, mix some reality with your um, positivity, I guess you can say. There are certain things that you can influence and that you can improve by so-called thinking positive but for others you're kind of just deluding yourself so you have to have a a grounding in reality and you have to use i don't know what logical clarity to figure it out what's real and what's not and the whole affirmations thing i mean just telling yourself yeah i'm a good person or i'm happy or whatever isn't going to fix your problems if you don't address your actual problems it's almost like just putting a band-aid over them Right. So I think you're right about that. If there's a deeper issue going on, you have to dig into that and start to unpack what's actually making you unhappy rather than just telling yourself, oh, yeah, I'm happy. Because like they said, that that critical voice, that part or whatever is going to come up and say, well, no, that's not true. And so you you have to kind of strike at the root, I think, when it comes to uh, psychological 
work like, or work on yourself. I think that's true. And also to believe that everything is always going to work out in your favor is also very unrealistic, right? Yeah. So you can do as many positive affirmations. And I'm familiar with affirmations. I do them. Uh, I like them. It seems very silly when you first start doing it. But ultimately, I think that you know, staying in that positive mindset is worth the effort that it takes. And if you're dealing with somebody who's got, you know, some sort of bipolar issue or or whatever, you know, some kind of brain chemistry issue that's going to make that a very difficult uh, process, then that's a that's a whole other matter. But for, you know, the average person who might find themselves thinking negative thoughts during the day, it's a matter of just monitoring your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it becomes an issue when you're actually denying stuff actively, when you're using the positive affirmations to deny the real source of the problem you know well negativity for me comes from my thoughts Mm -hmm. and i can change those because i'm in control of my i should be in control of what i think that's the whole basis of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is that you have you get these irrational thought patterns and you can figure out okay what's not rational about this and then you can change your pattern of thinking right Sure. Yeah. And I can, you know, sometimes I will think things that I would not want to be thinking or I, you know, do not like the idea of thinking those things. And so I just simply, you know, remove those from my mind and I move to thinking more positive things or thinking, you know, something different from that, shifting my direction of thought in a more positive direction. Mm. And for me, that works. Okay. Um, Well, what about prayer? I mean, a lot of people praying makes them feel good. But mm -hmm. if you actually look at studies of people who are sick, the people who are getting prayed for sometimes do slightly worse because they stop trying. They lose their will, just like the glass of water. Sure. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's dig into this further here in moments. And your thoughts, observations, has this worked for you? Or have you seen that positive thinking has been detrimental? It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free numbers 855-453. At the Cycle CAI toll-free line, join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You'll find a variety of uh, things there, including listening options. We have live streams in different flavors. There's broadband, there's mid-band and narrow-band streams, so different size bit rates. For different internet connections, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned into those. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Also, you can uh, listen in via our radio stations, over 110 radio stations across the country on AM and FM. Also, satellite, including XM Satellite Radio, as well as our free-to-air KU band channel. The webcam and the listen lines are available to you. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. We're sharing a story here by Oliver Berkman from the New York Times Sunday Review opinion pages where he starts out by pointing out that 21 people were burned at uh, a motivational speaker event uh, with Tony Robbins in San Jose last month. Uh, Many of them were believing that their positivity could overcome apparently the, uh, you know, the physics of the flames and uh, the, you know, the, the, the burning. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I I genuinely do feel bad for them. But it's sad. When when I hear a story like this, I just it's it's hard for me to imagine how somebody could actually believe that 
like could actually basically fall for this? Like, it seems like a charlatan is selling them this something that, you know, it's well, really is not going to protect them. It is an old carny trick. I mean, so charlatan is probably the right word. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the coal walking is essentially like a circus act. I um, feel bad for the guy. Did you hear about this? There was a snake handler, a pastor who believe, you know, in the Bible, it says if you're faithful, you can handle a snake. And even if it bites you, you won't die. Oops. Well, yeah, he died. Uh, and yeah. actually, he got bit by the snake while he was handling it, mm. and he requested to be taken to one of his parishioners' homes instead of a hospital. Like, he still, even after he, he got really bit, believed it, he yeah. really believed that he was going to be okay, and people were praying for him while he died. And actually, his father had died the exact same way. Mm. And so even seeing that evidence Jeez. in his life before, I mean, I I don't think that's virtuous. Like, some people would say, oh, yeah, he's so faithful. What a good guy. No, there's nothing virtuous about believing in something with no evidence and actually against all the evidence that you have. I mean, look look around you. <laughs> it's The answers are there. Well, I can tell you that for me, at least, uh, positive thinking, there is evidence that it works. And what this uh, article yeah, is suggesting. I, I agree with you, Ian. I, I wouldn't knock all positive thinking. Just when it's used to like deny or evade reality, I, right. I think, is when you get into trouble with I it. I absolutely agree. You have to take it within the context of the world in which we live. And the world in which we live is one of uh, duality. So there is hot and cold. There mm-hmm. is up and down. You know, there are these things that... You know, in order to have the sensation of warmth, we have to be able to be cold. And so, you know, those coals, if you stand on them for long enough, are going to burn you. Yeah, if you walk across them fast enough, the physics say you're probably going to be all right. Um, But I guess uh, they weren't encouraged to walk fast enough at this particular event and they believed that their positive thinking could somehow overcome the physics. Of they believed the that they didn't live. have to walk fast enough, right? Because their positive thinking right. was I mean, going to save them. Is your positive thinking going to grow? Uh, you know, sprout wings if you jump off of a cliff? Uh, you know, are you going to be able to survive the Unlikely. fall? <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, I completely agree with you. Take reality into account. Uh, but in my, you know, experience, uh, it has been an important thing for me to come from because it's easy to be negative. Uh, humans, you know, we're presented with all kinds of evidence about how terrible things are in the mm-hmm. world. And it's easy for us to get bogged down in all of that negativity. And if that's the world in which you live, then you won't want to do anything to change it. Mm. You won't want You're trapped to. trapped by fear. And... Yeah. Well, you know, I think negative thinking can also be used to deny or evade reality. You know, because people can get stuck in these negative and irrational thought patterns, you know, like I could be thinking, oh, my gosh, if I go on the radio on Free Talk Live tonight, someone's going to hear it. Who doesn't like me? And then they're going to shoot me or try to get me in trouble or, you know, something like that. But that would be irrational because that's really not likely to happen. And I've been doing this every week for a year or more and it hasn't happened yet. And so all the evidence is pointing me to, no, that's not really a rational thought, although it is a negative one. And so you see what I mean? Like Absolutely. I've, it can poison you. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when those thoughts come about, it's important to realize what you're getting into and to be aware of your thoughts. So to sort of think about your thoughts, if you will, or observe your thoughts from sort of a disconnected perspective, if that's, uh, if that's the way to explain it to where you can understand it. Like when a thought comes to your mind, you don't have to accept it, right? You can, you can say, oh, no, that's not what I would think. That's not, yeah. what, that's not me. And even more interesting, you can think about, you know, why did you have this irrational thought popping up in your mind? Is it a reaction to some past experience that you've had? Because I think I think a lot of people, I mean, this is getting really meta now, but I think a lot of what people do as they're walking around in life is reacting to things in their past that maybe they haven't processed, like their, the way that their parents treated them or the abuse Could that be. they went through at school or whatever. And so 
examining those things can really help in terms of becoming more more rational, I think. In, well, right, and would somebody who's life. been through an abusive situation be more likely to be negative? That's also a possibility as well, mm-hmm. just in general. Not necessarily that it's a specific thing that has led them to that point, but just the, a number of uh, occasions sort of adding up and creating a generally negative person overall. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a way to come back from that, and that's to decide to change who you are. Because who you are today isn't who you were were five years ago. It's not who you are or who you are today isn't who you were last week because you've had different experiences between then and now mm-hmm. and you can at any time change your decision about yourself and about who you want to be. I mean, you were talking earlier about the diet uh, that you're on, the paleo oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, diet. You know, at, you're not the same, Stephanie, that you were a decade ago. Sure. Your goals in life aren't the same as they were. You've made a big shift toward doing more kind of audio work rather than working towards becoming a, a doctor. And, uh, you know, your priorities have uh, changed because of the experiences that you've had mm. and you've made these choices. So it's, it's important to realize that you're not stuck. So if you feel negative and you're, you feel like you've been placed somewhere by whatever terrible things might have happened to you, you don't have to stay in that place. You can work your way out of it. It's not going to be something you can probably turn around in a day, but it's something that you can work towards. And that's part of what the idea is behind doing things like positive affirmations is to get your mind out of whatever negative mindset that you might feel like you're you're saddled with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I don't like about this New York Times opinion piece is pers- this person writing it is basically attacking everything that, uh, you know, people of the positive thinking mindset do. And I think that that's kind of, uh, well, it's kind of a dangerous position. But let me continue with what he's yeah. saying here. Maybe he just wanted to have a attention-grabbing title. It, it worked, didn't it? Or maybe he's just a nasty person who wants to justify his negativity. Uh, so... So he attacks affirmations, and he even then attacks goal setting, which for me has probably been one of the most important things wow. that I picked up early on in my life, uh, was when I was doing network marketing, which was a ridiculous thing and uh, embarrassing. But one of the things I learned in network marketing was to set goals, and that was a really valuable thing. So I did get some good stuff out of it. But Don't they uh, say the, um, the most uh, successful people like naturally write down their goals. Yeah, they, whoever they are, do say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, the claim is, I don't know if there's anything to substantiate this, but the claim is that something like 95% or 96% of people don't ever write down their goals. Yes. So, uh, And if if you you are part of that elite 5% or whatever, you are much more likely to meet your goals. For me, it's a big thing. Like I have a list of, uh, whether it's a to-do list or whatever it is you have, having you, whatever it is that's important to you in front of you and reviewing that, on a regular basis is really important because mm-hmm. otherwise actually, you well, get distracted. David Allen, the guy who wrote um, Getting Things Done, which is a very popular kind of time management book, I think he would say that writing it down kind of gets it out of your mind so you can stop being preoccupied with what you have to do mm. and start actually doing it. You right. Know? So it's a way of like, getting it out on paper so you don't have to obsess. Yeah, and uh, you can do goal setting at different levels, too. You can do it for like what you need to do in this week. You can do it for a year down the road or for five years. But let's see what he has to say about it here. He says that uh, it's the ubiquitous motivational technique of managers everywhere, and it's not an undisputed boon. Fixating too vigorously on goals can distort an organization's overall mission in a desperate effort to meet some overly narrow target. And research by several business school professors suggests that employees consumed with goals are likelier to cut ethical corners. Of course, how many of these business school professors are actually successful at business? 
and are instead <laughs> in the world of yeah. academia where they're trying to study things that are where they're looking to get a predetermined answer, predetermined uh, set of uh, values out of it. There is something to the idea that those who can't do teach. I, I hate to say it, but yeah. Absolutely. He says much of this research is new. But the essential insight isn't. He says that ancient philosophers and spiritual teachers understood the need to balance the positive with the negative, optimism with pessimism, a striving for success and security with an openness to failure and uncertainty. And I think that's an important point. You have to be willing to understand that it's not always going to work out. Uh, And if you don't think that, then you'll really be disappointed sometimes. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want, even in the remaining moments here at 855-450-FREE. You can also join us over at freetalklive.com, where you can download a whole bunch of shows over at freetalklive.com. You can also visit our mobile site at m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and the podcast, m as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com. We're sharing with you uh, an editorial piece here from the New York Times about, or an opinion piece, about the idea of positive thinking. And uh, he's uh, this article here is by Oliver Berkman, and he's suggesting that some people go too far with it. At some points, he seems kind of on the attack against uh, certain positive thinking techniques like affirmations uh, and even goal setting. But I do agree with, with some of his perspective as somebody who likes the idea of positive thinking and has found it very useful in my life. Uh, He says that ancient philosophers and spiritual teachers understood the need to balance the positive with the negative, optimism with pessimism, a striving for success and security with an openness to failure and uncertainty. The Stoics recommended the premeditation of evils or deliberately visualizing the worst-case scenario. This tends to reduce anxiety about the future. When you soberly picture how badly things could go in reality, you usually conclude that you could cope. Besides, they noted, Mm. imagining that you might lose the relationships and possessions you currently enjoy increases your gratitude for having them now. Positive thinking, by contrast, always leans into the future, ignoring present pleasures. And I think he's just kind of mixing things up here to some extent because gratitude is also something that is a very positive thinking concept. Like when you show gratitude or even just think about thoughts of gratitude towards things that are important to you, that keeps you in a more positive mindset. If I think about how great Stephanie is on the air and how you know she's got a great voice and is entertaining and fun to listen to and I think positive things about you, then I'm not going to be thinking negative. I can't even think about negative things about you, <laughs> right? You. Like, I don't have anything because uh, it's important to, to, uh, to appreciate the good things in life. Sure. And if you only have so much time in your life, and we all have very limited amount of it, then why would you want to spend your time focusing on negative aspects? It's important to be realistic about what your chances of success at something might be. Like I know, for instance, there was somebody here who at one time really believed in law of attraction so much to the point that... A lot uh, of people, actually. That he set up uh, this idea that... 
you know, he could law of attract his way into winning a court case. And uh, when that ended up not working out, uh, it kind oh. of sent him into a downward spiral of uh, of depression. Yeah, that's that's very sad. So, you know, what you really should do is look at, again, the long view. Uh, a more positive mindset that is more realistic mm-hmm. would be that failures are inevitable in life, but you have to fail your way to success. You know, so if you fail and you don't keep going, then, yeah, quitting quitters will never win. Right. Do you think that that mindset of just being afraid of failure can be kind of paralyzing? Like, I think that can stop people from even trying in the first place. Oh, of course. I've definitely experienced that. I mean, because it's interesting to think about that's because of that negative thinking. Right. You're constantly focusing on Mm -hmm. the potential of failure. And so you just don't do anything instead. Yeah. And by choosing not to do anything, then you've already failed by default. <laughs> yeah. Back to the whole gratitude thing that we were talking about earlier. There's this isn't the correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, because you probably know a little more about this than me. But isn't there this idea in Buddhism that you shouldn't get too attached to anything because attachment yes. leads to suffering? Isn't that like the whole kind of it's the very, whole that's point a very of Buddhist Buddhism. perspective? Yes. Right. And so uh, I don't know. Do you have to be attached to something to be to feel grateful for it? Uh, yes. Yeah. So Buddhists. <laughs> I don't know where I was exactly going with that, but it well, just he actually addresses me. Buddhism here. Okay. So uh, Buddhist meditation, he says, is also arguably arguably about learning to resist the urge to think positively, to let emotions and sensations arise and pass, regardless of their content. It might have even helped those agonized firewalkers. Very brief training in meditation, according to a 2009 article in the Journal of Pain. That sounds like an exciting read. Brought significant (laughs) reductions in pain, not by ignoring unpleasant sensations or refusing to feel them, but by turning non-judgmentally toward them. And Buddhism is interesting to read about from, you know, that perspective. I think there's definitely some value in it. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, there's also value in having those uh, experiences. And part of the reason why we're here is to experience things. Yeah. uh, Think about love. I mean, if you never got attached to any person, could you ever have any relationships of any kind? Well, no, right? So, so, you know, Buddha, the Buddha, uh, Siddhartha, Mm -hmm. was, he left the society in which he was raised and, you know, went off in in this, on this personal journey. And, uh, yeah, you know, he didn't have anybody out there. And, but, you know, on the other hand, love does set you up for pain. That sounds like suffering to me. Love does set you up for pain, though, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you love somebody deeply when they go away, then that that can hurt a lot, Mm -hmm. right? So, I guess the idea is to not, it's tough. Like to be a true a true master of Buddhism does mean essentially disconnecting yourself from all that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit strange. I don't consider myself a, a Buddhist. From this perspective, the relentless cheer of positive thinking begins to seem less like an expression of joy and more like a stressful effort to stamp out any trace of negativity. Uh, Mr. Robin's trademark smile starts to resemble a rictus. A positive thinker can never relax, lest an awareness of sadness or failure creep in, and telling yourself that everything must work out is poor preparation for those times when they don't. You can try, mm-hmm. if you insist, to follow the famous self-help, self-help advice to eliminate the word failure from your vocabulary, but then you'll just have an inadequate vocabulary when failure strikes. And I agree <laughs> with the second portion of that, uh, that paragraph, that failure is real. It, you have to fail in order to eventually succeed. Uh, failure way to success is the way you do it, in my experience. But again, what he's talking about is denying or evading reality, right? To, yes. to constantly just tell yourself, even in the face of evidence, that it's not okay, that it's going to be okay and everything's great is is just ignoring what's all around you 
Right, and you shouldn't feel stressed out by negative, you know, whatever negative thoughts come in. Uh, or keeping a positive mindset to to have right. that stress you out is it kind shouldn't of be stressful. It should be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, being positive should be easy, and the more you practice it, the easier it should become. It should never be, you know, a stressful endeavor. But he goes on. The social critic Barbara Ehrenrich has persuasively argued that the all positive approach, with its rejection of the possibility of failure, helped bring on our present financial crisis. Well, <laughs> I'd say that's a stretch. Didn't she write "Nickled and Dimed"? It's a famous. I don't know. It's a very. Um, if this is the same person, it's a very left leaning uh, yeah. book about how the government or about how corporations are. You know, the, yeah, I'd say it's the Federal Reserve System that helped bring about yeah. the financial <laughs> crisis. Uh, the psycholo- psychological evidence, ba- backed by ancient wisdom, certainly suggests that it is not the recipe for success that it purports to be. So I would agree with the, the perspective that to reject reality is ridiculous. We do live in a world of contrast. And the contrast is useful to us because Mm -hmm. it allows us to choose. So when we see the things out there in the world that we don't like or that we consider negative, we get to decide how we respond to that. So when you see someone suffering, uh, then you can decide who you are in relationship to that. Are you someone who wants to ignore that? Are you someone who wants to help? Do you want to reach out? Do you want to assist uh, that person, offer your your assistance with that? Uh, So having that contrast and seeing reality for what it is is important. But being bogged down by the negativity that does exist is the is to me the real danger. Mm-hmm. And to be cu- to be trapped in negativity is never going to lead you to any place productive or any place, you know, wholesome or fulfilling. Yeah. in my opinion. Well said. So let's go to Ed. He's in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is No Goals Ed from the Scopes Monkey Trial no, State. No goals, Ed. <laughs> no goals. What's that mean? Ed just wants no to let him go. All that positive thinking, all this achievement, I'm for none of that. But if you're for it, fine with me. So wait, you're not hey, for uh, goals or are you for goals. goals? I got a few goals What every day. All right, great. Drink, smoke. Eat, sleep, wake up. <laughs> Are you one of these, uh, you know, like uh, plan no no plan plannings, uh, anti planning people? You just kind of roll with the punches and just, just let it go like the bonobo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How you did know, I know you were going to say that? My, one of my old tenants was uh, was like that, uh, and uh, he was a loser. A loser. Yeah, I'm not saying you're a loser, Ed, because uh, everybody. Hey, I don't call. I don't care what anybody says about yeah. that. All I got to say is you're only going to live 70, 80 years. The dude it, didn't it, even clean his house, over. though. I mean, he didn't hey, have any goals. It's over, gone. I don't care. We all live in boxes, just different sizes. Yes, boxes. but is your box clean? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's my box. <laughs> it's true. He's I, it's true. I don't have to go in your box. <laughs> right. So why are you worried about my box? I'm not, brother. You can keep okay, your box well, however you, you want. It. You said it, Ian. Well, Ed, are you think? Okay, <laughs> I have a question. I think it's okay. important to def- differentiate between the goals that are sort of imposed upon us by from outside and the goals that we have because of our intrinsic motivation, right? The things that we truly want to do versus what we're expected or or taught that we should want to do, right? And so, are you kind of like against the second and maybe for the intrinsic motivation a little more? Yes, you know, I'm for whatever makes you happy whatever you can handle that's it i mean hey i'm probably i'm pretty unique about this (laughs) you know uh you are unique 
I only had one son, and he's married and living in Memphis, Tennessee. Ed, I wish we had more time to talk about it, but we're out of time for tonight. I thank you for the call. I have to say, if I didn't ever set goals for myself, I wouldn't have a radio show with over 100 radio stations, and I wouldn't have a clean bathroom for people to go in either, because goals are really important. I'm so glad you do. Have both. Right, Goals are important. Uh, Anyway, hey, we're out of time for tonight. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you, Ian. It's fun to do a show with you. See you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. In the meantime. Hey, podcast listeners, um, you know, every once in a while I'll pop in and, and mention to you that we've got a new advertiser that's uh, of note, Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute guy. Um, he's got an ad in here. It's not the greatest sounding ad in the world, but um, I'll tell you, the guy has spent a great deal of money on the radio in the past, and he's trying out Free Talk Live for, I think it's two weeks or one week or something like that. Um, it's a short period of time. And I, you know, if you have a more, if you're looking to get a refinance a mortgage, he's got some really great rates. I wish you'd just check it out. I'm not saying buy a mortgage from the guy. That's a pretty big decision. But if you'll check him out and see what uh, see what the deal is, that'd be a, you know response would be important. So anyway, thanks. Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute guy. I'm mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30 year fix. We're the only country that actually has a 30 year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fixed in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from 350000 to 300000 If instead you refinance into a 15-year fixed in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from 350000 to 200000 You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy.